This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. In fact, the main feature of the site allows you uh, to influence the stuff that we will talk about on the air. You go to freetalklive.com, get yourself a free account, and then anytime you spot something online you think's particularly interesting, uh, whether it be a, a blog post or a news article or a video or something like that, you just plug it into the website, and then other listeners will decide whether they like or dislike it. And uh, then you can uh, – the, the, the site will aggregate the total number of liked uh, content, the, the, the most liked content to the front page of the site. So if, uh, if yours is the most liked, it will be right there up at the top of the page right now. Cop, the top story there is California cops kill cannabis cultivator. So you can go in there and influence stuff that shows up there at freetalklive.com. Now, just because we, there is a top story doesn't mean we're necessarily going to talk about it. That's why I say you're going to influence the things that we talk about. Because uh, I want to make sure we start out here with something that I uh, mentioned last night and we never got to, which is the Wesley Snipes situation. And I thought that uh, Snipes was going to get out of this relatively unscathed as of uh, we had some news that came in uh, several months ago that made it sound like it wasn't looking too bad for him. As you know, uh, as you may know, uh, Wesley Snipes had been brought up on federal uh, tax evasion charges and uh, there was news a little while back that he was found uh, – that basically the jury found him not guilty on a number of them, the most severe of them. So we'll explain what happened here according to Examiner.com where a federal appeals court as of last week has upheld the lower court decision that actor Wesley Snipes' three-year prison sentence uh, for tax evasion. The 11th Circuit Court of, the, of Appeals upheld Snipes' sentence for three misdemeanor counts of failing to file tax returns for several years. The district court acted well within its considerable discretion in sentencing Snipes to 36 months in prison, according to the judges. Snipes' attorney argued the probation would have been the only re- that probation would have been the only reasonable sentence, and that the 2008 judge that convicted him didn't take into consideration his college education, family, and charitable activities. Snipes had been out on bond while the appeal took place, and the court did not sna- uh, state when Snipes would report to prison. So, you know, what it seems to me is, is that the, the jury in, in, this ca- in this case found uh, Wesley Snipes, Snipes not guilty of all the felony charges, of all the sort of willful stuff, and mm-hmm. then found him guilty of some misdemeanor stuff to just sort of say, yeah, you know, he probably wasn't in the right, and he probably should have known better than to believe these guys that were telling him that uh, you don't have to pay taxes, that it's all a big scam or whatever, these, uh, you know, the 14th Amendment guys or 16th Amendment guys or whatever they are. Um, and, you know, like... You know, that was the message they were trying to send, that he was we're not trying to go after him too hard. He didn't he didn't willfully do anything, but he probably should have known better than to trust these guys. And the judge essentially departed from the the will of the jury mm-hmm. and sentenced him essentially for the felony charges. He took each. Well, he gave him, looks like he gave him the max for the misdemeanors. He gave him the max for the mis- the max max for the misdemeanors, because yeah. normally you wouldn't get you just wouldn't see this happen. They don't just give you the max when you've never done anything else. Mm-hmm. And they certainly don't give you the max running consecutive. But they do in the same court. Case. When, it, when it's a tax case and they want to make an example out of you, apparently they do. That's what I'm thinking. Do. This was very public. Lots of people are watching. They're like, oh, let's, uh, let's show everyone what happens when you That's what dare it's about. to defy yep. the federal government. Want to teach you a lesson, little, uh, little slaves. Uh, well, so let me continue here. Uh, Snipes convicted of 
not paying more than $15 million in income tax returns over 10 years while he sent money to overseas accounts, even though prosecutors acknowledged that they didn't have an exact amount of what was sent overseas. In 2008, Snipes offered three checks that equaled $5 million and asked the court to show mercy before his sentencing hearing, and prosecutors took the money they as came payment. came up the money. <laughs> but just uh, but said it was just part of what he owes the federal court. Assistant U.S. Attorney whoever said it's essentially a down payment, but a fraction of what he owes. So they don't even know how much he owes. Otherwise, they'd say it. A jury convicted Snipes of three misdemeanors on February 1st, and he was acquitted of the felony charges of tax fraud and conspiracy. But Snipes' attorneys say that the judge gave a strong sentence for the misdemeanor charge and disregarded the jury's verdict. So it's yet to determine as far as when exactly uh, Wesley Snipes will turn himself in for a three-year federal prison sentence, which presumably will be held at a That's federal security. prison. Uh, it's, they're going to have to send him to county jail, right? I mean, well, normally it's a, a misdemeanor... federal case. Would a would a would a county jail get a federal know. prisoner? Normally, if you get one year, it's uh, it's it's in a state situation, and you're going to stay in the st- in the county jail. You as might be result. right about that because I'm thinking there is the local county jail here, and I know for a fact they can take federal prisoners. So yeah, yeah I just don't. Right. I just don't know. They and get honestly, funding from the federal government for those prisoners. Yes, or they do. Okay. Um, but if it's three years, normally you're, it's, you're only in jail for a year. I can't speak to this. I, I just don't have enough information. It seems very strange to me. They likely try to bump him out quickly if he's in uh, the county jail situation because they don't want to pay for it but um I, I i don't know well i mean three years is three years what is it 85 percent three years time? isn't three years it's one year running uh you know one year three times running consecutively it's not three years wait it, this is not going to be three years okay he's been given uh three one-year sentences running consecutively as um, as i understand it which isn't a three-year sentence a three-year sentence is prison time the word consecutive doesn't appear in this article i understand because you have a rube writing it okay Okay. but he's been given he's been found guilty on three misdemeanor charges and been given one year apiece for them i'm telling you as i understand it and and you know somebody who's a reasonable expert on prison time um so you believe that means it'll be a year period no 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 Um, i'm telling you that he has one year three times he has to do so one year three years then do one year right, then okay. do one year so it is but it's years. not the same understand uh, okay, a one gotcha, year gotcha. sentence is generally a jail sentence and a three-year sentence is generally a mm-hmm. prison sentence how they're going to do it on the federal level i can't speak to that i just don't know maybe they'll decide to, to put him in a federal prison but federal time is generally 85 percent, which means that wesley snipe's going to do two and a half years it's horrible. It is just absolutely horrible. And I just figured uh, that you deserve to know what was going on in that case because, well, not because I think that anybody should be scared to uh, to not pay the federal government. I mean, the fact is they go after people like uh, Wesley Snipes and uh, Willie Nelson because they are, you know, they're large scale. They are people that supposedly owe and of course, I don't think you owe anybody anything unless you've contracted to uh, to owe them something. But they allegedly owe the federal government millions of dollars, typically, and so the the scale seems very large. Well, the big and the, the big fish um, they, they get two advantages. Uh, it's one case for a lot of money, so they do a, the same pre, basically the same amount of work for a um, larger amount of money, and they get this person that they can trumpet around this head that they can they they can uh, parade around on a pike and say look who we got be afraid citizen pay your taxes when in fact 60 million i've heard the number right Uh, i've looked into it i can't find the best number in the world but 60 million people don't pay federal income tax they just don't pay it so they want you to be scared they want you to be frightened uh that you might be next they got wesley snipes and he can afford a lawyer 
And they got, uh, you know, Willie Nelson, and they got the guy from Survivor, and they got, you know, you fill in the blank of... Richard whatever. something. Yeah, Richard Hatch. Uh, so, well, yeah, they must be able to get you, right? But as you point out, Mark, there's a whole lot of people in this country that don't pay the taxes. And I don't know exactly what uh, Snipes was doing, because he was definitely involved in some sort of scheme. There were uh, there were a couple guys that were t- associated with him. Yeah, and they, that- really, they really got whacked. That had uh, essentially, I don't know what they were trying to do exactly, but it was it was definitely a scheme. It wasn't like Wesley Snipes was just not paying the taxes. I think that they were doing something else along with that. I think there was some sort of you know filling out the form in a certain way. Uh, there's all lots of theories out yeah. there about there's, you know. You there's just plenty of witchcraft that uh, surrounds the idea that you don't have to pay um, income taxes. I I tend to not believe it. I I would think that if these these people can these people rewrite their Laws break their own laws all the time. What do they need you to fill out some particular piece of paper in a particular way, and then they're suddenly not going to make you pay? Come on. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think that uh, that you should allow this to dissuade you if you were considering uh, not paying them. Remember, for me, it's a, it's a moral issue. I just don't want to pay for uh, violence. I don't want to pay for people that hurt other people, and that's what the federal government does wholesale. And I, I have no interest in doing that. And the consequences may come as a result of that. That's okay. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, though I think that if you get together with other people that are of like mind, that might help a little bit, like we're doing up here in New Hampshire with the Free State Project. We'll tell you more about that here in a little bit. Also, take your calls as well. This is Free MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, including our archives. In fact, uh, you can go back for years now. It's all free. It's always been free, and we just keep adding more archives <laughs> so enjoy uh all there right there you can get the last week's on the front page and then you click to the archive section and you can go back to 2006 free for you at freetalklive.com also free talk live is brought to you by the free state project perhaps you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live and are tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life well if you knew that thousands of liberty loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active would you join them you can you can join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Again, that's freestateproject.org. And if you'd like to uh, to join the two-year-olds, the adult two-year-olds out here in Keene, New Hampshire, <laughs> uh, you can do that too. You can come to uh, freekeen.com and learn Some more reference. about that. Yeah, I was uh, listening to the local morning show uh, on the local talk station this morning, and they were talking about the arrests that happened this past weekend here in Keene, mass arrests happening as the police attempted to kidnap a young woman who was just enjoying her afternoon in the park with a, an open can of beer. Uh, folks like myself stood in front of and behind the police cruisers and were subsequently arrested. Uh, you know, we're trying to do the right thing and prevent a kidnapping. Wasn't there so, some body painting going on? There was. Was, it, was that what was caused the... Uh hubbub in the first place which to me is more more bother is more disturbing because 
the police the police claim the complaint was about the open container that they uh, received from the uh, the anonymous at this point citizen. I think that would be safer to use as the excuse for what to hassle everyone about. Sure. As opposed to someone was being body painted and not really doing anything clearly illegal. Maybe at all. so, but I've heard rumors <laughs> now that uh, there may be some nude uh, painting going on in, like, full nude painting uh, going on in the square soon. Dear God. <laughs> oh, wow. So we'll see what they and do. And they about called that. you guys two year olds. <laughs> well, and and that's just you know I just don't I just don't get it. Uh, and the suggestion on the local newspaper forum by one of the the local anonymous critics was that I should grow up. I'm 29 and I should act my age. And I'd just like to know what does that mean exactly? Is it mature uh, in your mind to advocate aggressing against peaceful people? Is that a mature thing to advocate? Is it mature to uh, to rattle the, the saber and advocate that those uh, peaceful people should be thrown in jail cells because they're doing things that you disagree with in a in a public place? Is that is that a mature position? Is it mature to go ahead and put on a suit and tie and go beg some politicians for uh, for some relief from the oppressive taxes and regulations that they put on people? What what exactly does that you know, mean? No, that's that gets into some some. An area that I've been theorizing about, if you look at this sort of the the type that is so upset about this, uh, there's it's I mean, everyone, there's a Dale. Few local, everyone is well, clearly the not actually, but 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 there's like there's a you know there are some locals that are upset and everything, and then there's sure a, they are. there's a fair number of locals, and I talk to them actually. I know people. See, a lot of people don't realize this, but I know local people in Keene. I have connections through Community Kitchen. I have connections through Quakers. I have connections through different things to know people in Keene. And I t- and these subjects do come up, and I talk to them, and they're not, like, boiling over mad about this stuff going on. And uh, so, yeah, I know that there's people who are upset, and those are the vocal people that you hear about. And I also know there's a lot of people that are not upset, and you're just not going to hear much about them, not much from them, because they're just shrugging. Um, it's just not a big deal to them. But the the But what I mean is the people who are most vocal about this that i guess i don't know how to call it like maybe other people that are participants in the free state project that are upset about it Mm -hmm. is a it strikes me as more of the crowd who is what you might call conservative leaning or a libertarian leaning conservative or something in that realm where they yeah they agree that you should you know nudity shouldn't necessarily be illegal or pot certainly pot smoking shouldn't be illegal or open container laws are probably stupid and they agree that they agree with that, uh, but they get upset about that because they're trying to work with people who are upset by that to get right. to, to get other to liberties um, accomplished that are more important to them, and they're willing to just like they don't they don't think that's important, you know that uh, that you not be hassled by cops for 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 things like that, and so it's it's I feel like it's. They're, they're more concerned about there's a certain crowd of people they're trying to appeal to. They feel like they can form a coalition yep. and get certain things done, uh, and, and they don't want to upset those people. Sure, and they're willing to, uh, you know, to, to ruin what might have been a, fr- a friendship uh, over it. Anyway, let's go to your phone calls and the fun. Ryan is in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ryan. Ryan in Texas going once. Ryan in Texas going twice. Can you hear me? Ryan, there you hey, are. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go for hey. it. All right, so... I, uh, I just found out um, about a day or two ago that apparently I got a red light ticket back in December that I didn't know I got because so I, I moved and I didn't change the address on my license for a really mm. long time. So I guess they mailed it to my old address. And I, I found out because it went to a collection agency. Apparently in Texas, the red light tickets aren't traffic 
tickets. They're civil tickets. And they're given to like a third party or something like that. I don't have all the details because the collection agency wasn't really forthcoming with information. Well, it's likely the, co- the company that runs the cameras is also uh, handling the sending out of the, the tickets and that sort of thing. So that, that's, that would be the third party, I would guess. Yeah, and I'm hoping that you guys might have some callers that know something about red light tickets in uh, Texas because I, I want to try to contest it. I was thinking about doing like the Mark Stevens approach, but I don't know if that would work in like a civil case. And I just well, Mark I, Stevens it, has civil questions. He's got different question sets that he has: one for criminal, one for civil, etc. Also, I'd want to do some discovery and find out what that picture looked like that they've got of you because mm. um, one of these things that these red light cameras will do is they'll they'll just click, for instance. If you make a right on red, they'll give you a ticket for it. And, it, you know, they might as well, right? What's the worst that could happen? You pay it. I mean, <laughs> what, 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 kind of, uh, what kind of onus of responsibility do they, do they have for writing out a ticket and sending it to you? I, Most I think people there was, I've heard merit in the notion, uh, and uh, it seems like I'm afraid, to, I'm afraid to back this up right now. I can't recall the details, but I thought I heard someone challenge the cameras on the basis of not being able to face your accuser. Because you're supposed to be able to face mm. your accuser in court, uh, you have a right to do that. If you request to do that, then obviously you know they don't. There is no accuser. There's a an object. I think that's a that's an excellent approach. I think there are a lot of probably a number of different approaches that could be used here, uh, and it is a good question. So if you have experience with the red light cameras, I don't. I live here in New Hampshire. I don't know if there are red light cameras in New Hampshire. There certainly are not around here. Not that I know of. And if they start coming, there's going to be a They're huge be outcry. <laughs> So uh, so it's a good question. If you have any expertise with the red light cameras, definitely dial us up at 800-259-9231. But I think the important thing is, if you can take it to court, then you should. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the, the process is there. A lot of times they'll try to say, well, you can take it to our administrative tribunal or that you have to pay the fine first and then we'll let you take it to court. Yeah, I haven't found uh, the Texas judicial system be particularly interested in justice, my friend. Do you know about yeah. what the process is? Do they tell you? No, no, I haven't, I haven't really asked too much about it. I was just kind of upset when I first talked to him, so it, it ended pretty quick. So well, I, I, well, let us know what you, what you find out as, uh, as you go along, all right, will you? Just that way people know what exactly to expect. Yeah, I will. Oh, I do have one other question, sure. speaking of the Texas uh, judicial system. Um, I, I haven't seen or heard any updates on what's been going on with Barry Cooper. I mean, I've tried searching the Internet, but I just can't find anything. Good do you know question. what's going I have, on? I have not heard anything either. Uh, we'll take a quick look here uh, in a moment. I thank you for the call. And if we find out anything, we'll let you know. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Usually I hear about these things because I'm on Barry's email list, and he's pretty good about sending updates. So maybe it's just in one of those lull periods while they're waiting for some sort of legal action. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Dale joining us from anarchyinyourhead.com. You can get more Dale's uh, great cartoon work. And actually, right now, you're featuring a cartoon not by you. 
on the That's right. Page. Uh, it, it was. It's a cartoon that plagiarizes plagiarizes my content. <laughs> Uh, and was put together from pieces of old Anarchy in Your Head cartoons, uh, artfully, I think, artfully done pieces. So he did not he together. did not hand draw the, the uh, he did the uh, he altered a few things, a few panels mm-hmm. from you know you know put a turban on a guy that didn't have a turban on before, and you know some little things like that. Put a pencil in his hand when he didn't have one in there before. He was eating, and mm-hmm. you know, and is there's I think it was creatively put together, and I give him kudos for putting together. It was an, I was I, I thought it was good enough to put it on my site. I so. thought I thought it was fantastic, you know, and it addresses the the intellectual property issues that we've been talking about. Yes, I, and I hope it's taken as a compliment that I decided to put it on my site. You know, I thought it was good enough. I would be, hope so. Be featured sure so. Uh, so you can see uh, Dale's cartoons. He's got a couple hundred of them up there, uh, very liberty-oriented, uh, sometimes the occasional blog post or video by him. So go to anarchyinyourhead.com to get more. And, and as soon as I have like a moment to take a breath, I, will, I have a plan for another cartoon and uh, an essay to go along with it uh, to follow up on the IP issue, the whole notion of intellectual property, which is really a fabrication of nonsense, I think. Indeed. It's the notion of property, which is completely sensible, and then someone tried to do this weird perversion of it to come up with the notion of controlling other people because... uh, because of some patterns, you know, it's it's bizarre. We might be able to get back into that here in a little bit. Uh, plus, Mark, you've got an email you want to share. But first, we continue with your phone calls. Greg is listening in Ohio. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello. Hey, Greg, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, so um, in Ohio right now, but I'm actually in the process of uh, moving back to Boston, Massachusetts, after spending uh, six months in San Diego, California, working for a uh, software company out there. And while I was out there, one of the issues that came up a lot was, you know, how broke the state was, and particularly the uh, state pension plan being very broke. And, you know, it's pretty well known, the uh, suburbs, uh, suburbs outside of L.A., about two hours north of me, are very impoverished. And today I saw something interesting in the news. Um, Bell, California, a very well-known blue-collar suburb, uh, it came to attention that government employees were making excessive salaries. So I looked into this a little bit. The chief administrative officer was making $800,000 a year as a government executive in this impoverished suburb. That is amazing. That's how it happens, too, you know. Hey, hey everyone we're else in charge, you know. <laughs> everyone else tightening I mean, their belts and losing their jobs, and and then they and then the the government is like getting great salaries and doesn't want to fire anyone and uh, wants everyone else to raise to yep. pay more taxes so that they won't have to tighten their belts. When you look at the difference between what's happening to regular America and then what's happening to government employees and the 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 difference in the sort of caterwauling that goes on about it, it's just amazing. Government employees have to take a little hit in their pay or something like that and their, you know, the the unions and everything that whip everybody up. Oh my god, everything's going to hell. We're not going to have any kind of public services. Kids aren't going to be right. educated. Old people are going to die in the street. Streets, litter will pile up everywhere. But when America, uh, by by you know the droves, is out of work, well, as long as you pay your taxes, citizen, we'll all be fine. Well, and so so the police chief, you know, is getting four hundred fifty-seven thousand dollars a year, and then one of the assistants, an administrative assistant, is getting almost four hundred k a year. But what's really crazy is, you know, obviously, you know, people see about this, so they. Uh, you know, show up at City Hall up in arms because, you know, of course, they're only going to show up when there's something dramatic, uh, you know, have real people are being kidnapped. But anyhow, so they all show up at City Hall demanding that they all get 
fired and slash resigned. So sure enough, you know, City Hall comes out and says, okay, you know, we've accepted the resignation of this three. Um, well, there's two more problems still. Number one, the City Hall members themselves are getting $100,000 a year as part-time employees, but better yet. You mean the city councilors? I'm just just to be clear clear here. uh, The city councilors are getting a hundred thousand for part time work. Yeah, yeah, they're part time and they're getting a hundred thousand. But the other thing that came out of this, which I think is a sweeter deal than even like these fired NBA coaches get, is under the state pension plan, uh, Rizzo that um, Robert Rizzo, the chief administrative officer, getting almost eight hundred thousand dollars a year. This guy is going to get six hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. For the rest of his life, under the broke state pension program, they're paying him $650,000 a year to not go to work. It's incredible. If you ask me, this guy got a better deal out of his resignation than when he was working. Absolutely. Well, heck, if you can get that and for not having to do anything, then sure. <laughs> I, I could manage on that. I could get by. It is incredible. I mean, it just... I mean, the, the the city of Keene, where we do this show, has a uh, incredibly large uh, amount of property taxes they charge people. But man, city councilors here only get two thousand bucks a year. It's quite a uh, quite a difference. And I don't think there's any sort of pension plan if you're a if you're a Isn't city councilor. Isn't that kind of funny that a city councilor in Keene gets more than a uh, representative in state government? Yeah, they get a hundred bucks. So uh, yeah, th- these the two thousand uh, what, what one thousand a year two thousand I can't remember two thousand for a city city councilor per year or per per, per term year. of two years per year per year so I mean you're still talking about nothing I mean, it's pretty low I mean nothing. I'm just saying it's more than the state government but when you look at other states and what these you know these these leeches these parasites these viruses yeah, that's what they are. Um, get in <laughs> other states it's 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 incredible so you know I mean there's is New Hampshire's government broken absolutely. But man, if New Hampshire's government's broken, your guys' is some little bitty pieces all shattered on the floor, you know? No, great, yeah, it's it, a good point. I mean, we're here because it's better than other places, but we're also here because we have work to do here, even. Absolutely. So. It's certainly no yeah, I knew, free state. I knew people from San Diego who actually just uh, moved to New Hampshire to join the Free State Project while oh, I was cool. there. So. Cool, cool. Well, where are, why are you still out, outside New Hampshire? Um, yeah, I go to... Uh, school in boston oh. and uh actually so i'm gonna go up and uh you know i know like pete air adam Mueller, jason talley i know those guys so i'm gonna right go on. up and uh visit them check out the free state project get a taste cool well marv is parked right now uh at the uh, the free talk live studios and so they're they're here in Keene, getting things all geared up to uh to head out around the country on a 13 week tour 13 cities they'll be visiting and they'll be going around meeting all kinds of interesting folks around the country and uh, in the liberty radio network and as well as uh, freekeen.com and free talk live all sponsoring uh, the uh, CD Evolution as well, all sponsoring uh, Marv. So we're gonna getting graphics done up and gonna have it printed out, and we're we're gonna have our logos all over Marv. So we're definitely uh, behind them even more so than we were. What does Marv call? What's Marv the... is the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle. It's it's a painted up mobile home, and it's yeah, awesome. It is awesome. You go to LibertyOnTour.com to uh, learn more about more about what those guys are doing. But at least if you're in Boston, it'll be pretty easy to uh, to make the move up when you get out of school, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, we have a saying, you know, at school, if you're smart, you get your degree and you get out. Very good. Thanks for the call tonight, uh, Greg. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's talk- I got to be, uh, I got to ride Marv to the candlelight vigil the other night. Oh, y'all went out to uh, the, I guess it was uh, the robed man's house, right? Yep. How'd that go? Very smoothly. No cops? No cops. Right on. I don't think they care to come out to those anymore. No, they came out once, uh, didn't really do anything because they couldn't do anything. Stood around, talked to one another for a few minutes, and left. 
Let's go to your calls. Dylan is on the line, on the amp lines on in uh, Arizona. Hello, Dylan. Hey, and uh, I'm glad you're talking about Marv and all that work uh, I'm helping do for Liberty on tour. I heard you were wearing the T-shirt I designed when you got arrested the other day. Oh, I sure was, yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing that uh, came to mind when all this junk happened with uh, L. Neal Smith was uh, the reason that I went to the lengths I did to create an original piece of art was because when I first got in touch with Pete about doing that logo, uh, he had a piece of clip art selected that he wanted me to rework. And, uh, you know, I work in graphic design, and uh, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of these people have copyrights and licenses, and you can only do so many impressions and so uh, when we looked into buying that piece of art, it was really expensive, several hundred dollars. And the was a piece of art of a motorhome? Was this the motorhome artwork? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Tell the rest of the story here in a moment if you can. More with Dylan. Uh, artwork, intellectual property, discussion coming back up. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. And that's why we call the show Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site, they're free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites, so enjoy ours on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage uh, of your purchase. Actually, a few percentages of your purchase, several percentages, 78%, I think, uh, if you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com. So get your shopping done and help Free Talk Live at the same time. Do you have a will? Well, if you do have a will, when was the last time you updated it? Because if you've got, uh, if your family situation's changed, it needs to be updated. If you don't have a will... Have you been thinking about getting one? If you have been thinking about getting one, go to LegalZoom.com and type one up. It's it's fast and easy. It's it's legal in all fifty states, um, and uh, you know it, it's 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 really uh, cost effective. You can use coupon code FTL to save an additional ten dollars off. I can't remember exactly how much it is, but it's like seventy five dollars to save your family all this trouble. If you haven't thought about it, you need to because your family is wide open. Um, if, uh, if if you die, the government's going to get your stuff, and then they have to fight to get it back. It's LegalZoom.com. Use co- coupon code FTL to save $10 off your order. All right, so we go back to the phones and the fun where Dylan is still on the line in Arizona. You were getting into, just barely getting into a discussion regarding intellectual property. Where are you going with all that, Dylan? Uh, well, 
like I was saying, the reason that I went to all the trouble to create that original graphic was because uh, in order to, to use the one that uh, Pete and Adam had picked out and I was going to rework it, uh, we would have had to spend hundreds of dollars and, and uh, sign an agreement that opened us up to all kinds of legal liability if the creator didn't like some application or that we'd you know, reproduced it too many times or whatever. And this so, was for uh, a piece of clip art. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you were going to buy uh, the, you, you know, actually weren't going to buy the clip art, but it came with a whole bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Right. Okay. Right. This boilerplate stuff. And, you know, we get it. I work at a newspaper in marketing. We get it all the time where uh, we're sort of limiting how many impressions we can use. We can't use it on a logo, all this kind of stuff. So I, I should so, crank uh, out some clip art and just put it out there on the public domain and. I don't know. I mean, I can yeah, I, well, the, some basic clip art. I've seen some of the clip art stuff out there, and I'm like I could do that kind of stuff. Pretty, cl- clip pretty art quick. is kind of known as being just cheap, crappy artwork. Yeah. I thought it was free. Yeah, it's amazing that yeah, no, you, well, you can buy like I know that there's um like packages uh, you can go to like Staples or a, a place that sells software and buy packages of like yeah. thousands of little clip art images. And I thought um, those were you know, but, once you bought them, yeah, that you could well, use it, them for whatever. In this case, uh, clip art is maybe not the right word. It was it was an illustration, as more apt. But, okay. But you know, it was, it, it's uh, sold on a uh, like iStock or ThingStock. It's like on a per item basis, and mm. it comes with all this boilerplate legal language. And and I just didn't think it was worth it for that amount of money, you know. And I I wanted to help them out, so of course I did it for free, and I didn't put any restrictions on on uh, how they use it, how many times they reproduce it. I'm just glad it's out there. So but, you just uh, did you just did it from scratch. You just did a a, a whole drawing just. From scratch. Yeah, they gave me a picture of Marv, and, and I looked at the illustration that they had picked out, and I kind of drew Marv in the style of that of that uh, illustration, and then you know put it in the background, the art all around it. So I mean, I started with a pencil sketch, and then and then finally came to that uh, the logo that you now have on the on the t-shirts. <laughs> so uh, and and that way, there's no nobody has any claim that you know besides me on that piece of art. So Adam and and uh, Pete can use it however they want. I'm I'm happy with that. You That's know, I great. certainly don't want to attach any now, are you, any kind of copyright or anything to that. Sure. Which is, do you, Do you have any concerns uh, that uh, that riffing on the style of the original cl- uh, clip art would open you to some sort of? I mean, because you kind of you were influenced by it. Are you worried that's going to open open <laughs> you to any sort of legal action? Apparently, according to the uh, L. Neil Smith theory of copyright, uh, I, I'm a, a what is it? A sticky fingered little rat or something? Yeah, you're a, you're a rodent. Um, you know the, but but I mean, imagine I'm gonna I'm gonna talk for a second. I'm gonna draw a picture up in your mind. You know, there's a motorhome. It's yellow. It's black. It's rolling over a hill. There are trees on either side of it. I mean, now you've got a picture in your mind somewhere. Someone has, uh, without probably the yellow and black, has drawn this picture. Something similar to it. Mm-hmm. Do you owe that person anything? crazy <laughs> you're not allowed yeah. to think up that picture and produce it in any way well maybe you you're know. also not allowed to paint your motorhome yellow and black now too with the stripe with the diagonal uh cut of the stripe is basically so it's like triangles yellow somebody that's owned by the marv. flag sure. yeah that's owned by or, or but painting a right. motorhome in that way is owned by marv so you can't do that <laughs> it's it's yeah, like yeah. it's like sticking you know it's there's the no there's like reasonable and unreasonable notions of po- property rights in general right like you could say, there's the whole notion someone says well the first person that gets to an island he runs up and sticks a flag in it and he owns the island you know <laughs> i'm like well no i don't even think most libertarians would buy that right they wouldn't say no you don't own the island because you stuck a flag in it some some people would say well you you build a fence around a certain region and you own that and i'm like well that's still pushing it frankly i mean you know you know you build a house i'd be like oh well hardly anyone would say you would you did all that work you know and if 
if you don't get to keep that house, then then what was that work for? You know, but there's so there's reasonable notions of that. And the, on the whole intellectual property thing is sticking a flag in thoughts that other people cannot now produce, you know, it. it with, and and, and the, at no harm to you either. This is the thing. If I steal from you, I've harmed you. But if I copy something, how have I harmed you? And the only way you can claim harm for that is if you have started off with a sense of entitlement that I get to I, that I am entitled to make some money because I did a certain thing. Mm-hmm. But that's labor theory of value right there. No, you, what you did, you, and you might not even uh, you know. And, and someone else turns around and sell, makes money on something that you maybe you produced it and they copied it and did the same thing and made money off of it. That doesn't mean you would have. Maybe they made money because they're really good marketers. You know, look at Microsoft. <laughs> I'm sorry, Microsoft is like all marketing, you know, almost. Um, so, uh, you know, or, or these infomercials, you know, that sell crap. They just market it really well and they know how to market well. So just because someone else makes money off of something that you, that you did and you think you're supposed to make money off of it, you know, it's just this notion that I want a monopoly on it. I want to be able to hedge out the market and not have competition. Yeah, you know that's what that's well, IP, you, and that is totally not libertarian. Dylan, <laughs> when you when you bring up the concept of monopoly, I, I think it's really disingenuous to refer to the concept of copyright as a right. That word in there confuses people. It really should mm-hmm. be copy monopoly or copopoly. I don't know. Regardless, <laughs> it's a positive it's right. right word. <laughs> it's, it's a positive it's a right, monopoly, which is a conflict of negative rights. Right. It's a monopoly privilege, and it requires an edifice of enforcement. Uh, before it can even exist, before anyone can have any idea about what they have a, a you know, this entitlement to, that there has to be a system where you register and, and you know, the consequences are external. It, it, it's, a, it's a status uh, concept in that sense that you can't, it's not something that can be applied without an authority that gets to say, okay, this person owns this pattern, this idea, this application of right. certain colors or certain well, sounds or I think that, well, and, <laughs> words. And Mr. Smith wants to externalize the costs of that. He wants to socialize those costs. He wants to put the costs of enforcing uh, his. He hasn't said that. You're, you're, you're projecting. You're, you're projecting. Well, he has not said that th- those he, words. Um, you know, he's just said. No, he just said he was going to CC his lawyer. In the whole concept. <laughs> What's that? Well, he, to be fair, he did say that early on, and I think he may be. I don't. I don't want to say that he regrets it, but I mean, he hasn't gone any further with that. Right. To he my got knowledge. called on it, and he, I yeah, think he, he got called on it, and, and I think he hoped that the threat would just kind of put an end to it. But, uh, but yeah, he did mention CCing his lawyer, and how else do you interpret that as other than I'm threatening to take legal action against you, which is a, <laughs> a very statist thing to do, obviously. Yeah, I, I read that, and I don't think there was any other reasonable interpretation. Well, there could be. Here's a reasonable the, interpretation: if you think that you own that um, document, and you're going to prevent me from uh, using it in the future, you're going to stake your copyright claim on the Shire Society document and therefore make me unable to use my, uh, 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 you know, what is it, the Universal Declaration of Freedom well, how would or something that like happen that? without the government right. to intercede? But, 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 but you never claimed that you weren't going to use the government at that point. This was very early on in the conversation. It was in the first email, um, you know, exchange at that no, point. No, he claimed later that he wouldn't use the government after I called him on... Uh, I'm telling you a reason reason why he would be CCing his lawyer that didn't have to do with using the government in order to go after you. He could be using his lawyer as a defensive position to keep you from stealing uh, from... You're uh, saying as a from, marker, like the whole idea of mailing, you write a novel and you mail it to yourself so that it gets a, a, a post stamp by the, by the post office of... I'm confused. And then you don't open it. And it's I understand. Like, it's like yeah, a date you would mark never, on it. You don't look at these things from uh, the standpoint that... Right, so help me understand. What are you I'm, talking about? Okay, 
what he could have been doing. And I don't know what he was doing. I think that he was likely just saying, hey, shoo, get out of here. Quit quit stealing my stuff. But here's what he could have been doing is he could have been saying, look, you're not going to claim that yours is the original legitimate and true copy because I because mine is. And I'm going to make sure that my lawyer is involved in this to to make sure that my claims, my legitimate claims on my property are still valid. When we get a chance, I'd love to talk about all kinds of alternatives for ways to make money, business models that don't depend on copyright. Hey, thanks, Dylan. Appreciate the call tonight. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind, except he didn't create the Shire Society Declaration. He created something completely, you know, something different. Uh, hour two's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. My worst day ever? I'm waiting in this crazy line at the DMV. So I'm checking the web. Zero responses to my new resume. My 98% compatibility match now just wants to be friends. And hackers have taken over my Facebook account. I just thought, has the whole world turned against me? It's not the whole world that's turned against you. It's the Internet. Private, inaccurate, or unflattering information posted about you online can hurt your reputation, your career, and even your relationships. But now, help is available. It's called Reputation Defender. Reputation Defender controls your privacy online and manages how you look when someone Googles you. Reputation Defender continuously monitors everything about you on the web, including 40 social networks. It also removes your personal information from websites that collect and sell it, protecting your privacy. Go to MyReputation.com or call us at 877-720-6497. 877-720-6497. Use promo code BLACK for a special discount on our revolutionary service. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you uh, enjoy this program, there are different ways for you to support the show. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com. To get a whole bunch of them, uh, to get a good list of things that you can do to get behind the, the program, various different ways, uh, help get more Free Talk Live and more ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls. And to the fun, coming up though, Dale, you want to talk about some alternatives to copyright, plus Mark's got an email he wants to share. I just share. don't buy the sky is falling if we don't support copyright and we we'll can't it. make money we'll that get, way. We'll get it. We'll get, <laughs> I, want, I want to get into it, but I want to get to these folks who have been waiting here first. Uh, let's talk to Hannah listening in Connecticut. Ladies first, Hannah, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I was driving home tonight, and there was someone driving behind me, and he was about to make a right turn, and he saw that there was, in the oncoming traffic, there was someone who was waiting to make a left turn. And so he stopped and waved that person on. Um, and so I was just wondering, like, what would drive someone to be generous like that? Because... Obviously, he's not going to get anything in return for that kindness. Well, I think that. Well, I think it's just a general uh, attitude of people that uh, you you put it out there and it comes back to you. Basically, uh, they kind of a a karma thing, if you will. That uh, you know, you what you give is what you get. That, that there's sort a of thing. there's an immediate reward too, and and this is something that people are gonna may have a hard time grasping. It's something I think you you almost have to kind of do it to get a sense of it. But there's an immediate. Uh, a reward that one gets, I think, from being nice to other people. And I think it's just 
there's a there's just a sense of a better being at peace with the, with your surroundings. I think when that's you do usually that. what drives people to be generous. But I, I just it seems like in this case he wasn't there wasn't really any like apparent reward or reciprocation that he was going to get. He might have gotten a wave from the other driver. He might have gotten the satisfaction of knowing that uh, he helped somebody out. Right, and uh, I, I, I think the yeah. generosity, uh, your, your good feeling from generosity comes from you, not from the other person. I mean, I, it, it, I think that, that does, uh, you yeah. could be robbed of that good feeling if the person, say, turned left in front of you, shot you the bird on the way past. <laughs> like, maybe that would go away. And but even that, you, you have to let that, you know, you can, you can if, you're, if you have a capacity for forgiveness for that, and you think, wow, that person must be having a really bad day or huh. something, or that person I must think just... All I'd say has been raised wow. horribly. Huh. Yeah, that's yeah, but but the same thing. You you know, you do, and, and it's not, I'm not saying it's easy. I think it's a skill you develop over time. But you can see someone do that, and like there's a there's a difference. For instance, now with how how long that would bother me and hang with me and mm. and be a cloud over my over me because during my day versus what it would have been like you know a year ago or two years ago. I feel like I have developed a a sort of skill or a sort of tactic for dealing with that and how it affects me personally and how much it bothers me when someone shoots me a bird just as much as i have developed a a, uh, an ability to appreciate the reward the sort of a reward that is a it's a subtle thing that you get from being more at peace with your surroundings and with other people and and there is the fact i think it's in our genes i think i think we've evolved over millions of years to be social creatures and there's this there is i think you know something chemical going on in us when we we make an effort to get along with other people well, I wonder why it's not everyone feels that way, though. And because I, I mean, I, I do get that good feeling when I help someone else. But I wonder if, like, people in government who like, you know, doing violence to other people, if they get that sort of good feeling from hurting others. There's mm-hmm. a perpetuation of abuse that goes on, and and sometimes I think it start, it might have started in 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 their family and the way they were raised, and in the in the public school system and how the public school system treated them, and you get this sort of cycle of abuse that continues on into government. Well, you also have to remember uh, that when you're talking about the government. People aggressing. First of all, most of them are in jobs. Government people are in jobs where they're not directly aggressing. They're, you know, they're fixing a road or they're uh, they're working in an office pushing papers or something like that. So if we're just talking about the cops, the ones that are the uh, the tools, the actual violent uh, ends of the, the 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 tentacles of the state, if you will, then maybe some of them, the sadistic ones, do get off on on hurting people. That's probably the case. But I think a lot of them. Don't consider what they're doing aggression. I mean, I was just talking with yeah. one of them last night at the local nightcap as they came out. And they, by the way, ticketed Heike again uh, for an open container last night. Oh, she was the girl that was arrested on Sunday. Uh, but one of them was talking about how he doesn't think it's aggression what he does. He's just, you know, he's just doing his job and uh, it's not aggression <laughs> when they do it. Anything so, you do is 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 that would normally be bad can be remedied just by the fact that it's your job. If yeah. you're doing something that's otherwise really bad to do to another person, if it's your job, it makes it okay. Right. If you give someone a sense of uh, <laughs> of of uh, you know justification, and um, a and and you can take a, you take away from them the responsibility for their actions, they can turn into you know this terrible creature. They'll still they can still get this generous feeling that you're talking about, um, uh, Hannah. They you know they I'm sure Ted Bundy did some nice things to people between murdering college girls, um, but. You know, it's it's this sort of removal of the responsibility and 
this justification. So when you put a gun in the soldier's hand and say, all right, son, see that flag? That's your flag. You go defend that flag. And um, so, I mean, you know, he's been given the sense of justification. And don't worry, you shoot anybody. It's not murder out here, son. Right. And, it's your job. Right. It's and disconnecting the, them from... And the responsibility is taken away from them for their actions. Um, and the, then you've... What, it's what funny, do you have? The you implication, have a paid killer. The implication is that someone else has taken responsibility. Some yes. higher up has ordered them to do it, so it's their responsibility. <laughs> yes. Except that doesn't really happen because there's a there's this like perpetual cycle where the the buck keeps getting passed and no right. one takes responsibility It's not my responsibility. Congress sent us here. And then well, Congress says, well, the people elected us. Well, look at what happened <laughs> yeah, in Abu, Abu Ghraib. I have a mandate from the voters, and then the voters, of course, they don't take responsibility. I was voting for the lesser of two evils. <laughs> and so, and then the soldiers, oh, I'm just doing my job. Right. So well, we there's never anyone that ultimately takes responsibility nope. for the murders of of thousands of people. When you trickle it down, like, because um, during Nur- the Nuremberg trials, it was the officers, the, the, the colonels on up that got uh, that got tried, whereas when you look at Abu Ghraib, you're talking about a handful of soldiers were said, the, 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 the higher-ups actually said, hey, this is what happened. The well, CIA because, did this. That crap. was because it was the, it was people policing themselves. You know, it wasn't it wasn't an, an, a third party, an outside entity uh, looking at like you know the you're looking, talking about the Nuremberg trials. You know, obviously it's it's like it, it, it wasn't Nazi, it wasn't Nazism trying themselves. Right. If, if the Nazis had <laughs> their own people. Right. If, if the Nazis were given the, the essentially the orders, okay, try yourselves and find out who was responsible. You're absolutely right, Dale, <laughs> that they would have found some privates and they would have cut their heads right. off. Um, so when the, United, when the United States Peons. decided to, uh, to to take care of its own war crimes at uh, Abu Ghraib, it decided to go after some privates and I think it went on all the way up to a sergeant in one case. But um, Yeah, you when, can't get accountability by having an entity. I guess you're right. uh, Not that there was a supreme entity that, that's supposed to be policing itself. So let's even if get, they have a, a magic scroll that that tells them that they're how they're supposed to do it. So to get back to Hannah's original question about well, why would somebody do this in the situation where it doesn't 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 immediately benefit them to allow the person in traffic to uh, you know take take uh, a, a, a slot ahead of them essentially to to benefit somebody else, some random guy in traffic, and it's really just the golden rule in action, right? I mean that that people are treating others as they would want to be treated. If you want to live in a courteous uh, society, you must act with courtesy toward others, uh, and that doesn't mean that everybody is going to act with courtesy back toward you, but the more people that act with courtesy toward others, toward total strangers, the more courteous of a society you have. In fact, people make a make it, comparisons. There's a guy that just moved here from New York, and he talks. he's only been here for three days, and he's already raving about his experience here in New Hampshire, even though he's like camping in a tent or something. Uh, he's raving about it because... He said that back in uh, I don't remember where it was in New York. I was but it worried about matter. him finding a campsite because sounds like he's okay. Because I would but, love to have helped, but I was absolutely packed. Sure, I understand. <laughs> so, but what he said about New, uh, New York was that it was oppressive. Uh, that the feeling there was oppressive. That people there are angry, uh, and that 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 here in New Hampshire they're nicer. There's just nicer people, and that the the atmosphere is. Even though the the, the physical uh, it may look similar to New York in some ways, and that it's in the same region of the country, the people are different, and it has I think it has something to do with that courtesy factor. You know, um, I, I think yeah, I think you can have a cycle of kindness in the same way you can have a cycle of abuse. Does that and I want to perpetuate cycles of kindness. Does that answer your question, uh, Hannah? Yeah, but and Ian, I, I think you brought up a good point when you were saying that the cops might not feel that they're aggressing against people. And that kind of brings up the issue of how do you, how does one relate to them? Like, you know, when people were videotaping them, arrest, uh, making the arrest, 
like what should you say to them? Like how can you approach I don't know. Them? That's a great question and I thank you I thank you for asking it. I don't know if I have an answer, but we can think about it here in a moment and get back to you. More on the way here. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Morsels. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. A balanced diet is important, but so is the occasional treat. Working with your kids to bake a dessert from scratch helps them to appreciate it even more, and it keeps them from resenting having to eat their veggies every other day. Plus, baking is a perfect excuse to spend time with your kids, since just being together is a treat. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where uh, we give everything away, including our webcam. You go to cam.freetalklive.com and you can watch as well as listen to the program. And you can get interactive because our chat room is actually built into the very same page uh, as the webcam. So go and enjoy for free at cam.freetalklive.com. But remember, the cam is brought to you by memorydealers.com. Yeah, Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They uh, have the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, and they offer great prices and service on used networking equipment, such as Cisco routers and switches. Uh, They have their stuff in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery at memorydealers.com. All right, so we continue here. Uh, Before we go back to the calls, I want to address Hannah's last question that she got out before the break, Uh, the question being regarding to the police who uh, many of them, some of them, uh, I don't know what the percentage is, depends on your local police force. Some of them are just sadists, and they just want to hurt people. But many of them are people that got into it for the right reasons. They uh, got into it because they want to help people. Uh, they want to, uh, and, and they perceive enforcing the law just as on the whole as being helping. Well, well there's some laws that, that kind of seem to make sense, right? I mean, laws against murder sure, and rape sure. and theft and destruction of property yeah and, and i think that's what they know, got into it for as opposed the ones to that most people think of they don't think of the stupid ones of, that are victimless you know? right like having a can of beer in the in the local park and so having had the opportunity to have a conversation in the, over the last few nights because the local cops have been uh, raining on the parade at the the, the nightcap which had been party central for the last uh, few weeks out here in uh, in Keene, and now the cops are showing up uh, pretty much every night uh to kind of I don't know, stand around, basically, and intimidate people. Uh, But they're very nice about their intimidation. They're very friendly and uh, talkative, and you can have conversations with them. And that's what we've been doing, is is talking to them about these things, about aggression and about what they're doing and why why what what they're doing is is not desired. It's it's not helping anything. Um, And so I I have had this conversation with, uh, with some of them, and and they just don't, one of them last night just didn't believe that he was he was aggressing by taking somebody into a jail cell uh, for having an open can of uh, of beer in the park. He didn't believe that was aggressing because, well, it's it's uh, he believes in what he does, and uh, and when he does it, it's not aggression. So even though I pointed out that if I were to take him and keep him in my bathroom at the at my house uh, without his consent, that that would be kidnapping. He, uh, you know, it's not kidnapping when they do it because, well, the law says they can do it, and so therefore it's it's okay. And so Hannah's question was, well, how do you relate to a cop? 
How do you re- effectively get the message of freedom across to somebody who is of that mindset of, well, as long as we're doing it, it's not kidnapping, it's not stealing, it's not uh, I, hurting I, people? I have a thought on it. I, I think that some, you know, I often find that discussions with people, when they're not really thinking from a real rational point of view to begin with, when you try to discuss things with them using logic and rational discussion, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to have very, uh, a big expectation when they're not, they don't seem that logical and rational to begin with. You know, they're, they're coming from such an indoctrinated point of view. Well, and that I, I think then the, the next step I was going to get to real quick is the next step then I think is you, 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 you just kind of have to show them, I think. Yeah, if you can, the best thing I think you can do is get them to do something that they feel cr- great cognitive dissonance about. And I think uh, if you, if you're doing something, uh, an act of kindness, especially that is technically illegal, like uh, you know, one uh, uh, one of my favorite things that that hasn't come about yet is um, engaging in some sort of feed, you know, feeding feeding the homeless or something, but not doing Without it with a permit. permission, right. right? And then if they have to come arrest you for that, and they realize, wow, I'm doing harm by this. But I'm supposed to do it. It's my job, and I and it's so obvious and apparent that they're doing more harm than good. Then uh, you know I don't I think that they someone like that has to feel it. They have to have an emotional response because logic is not getting through to them. Well, I think that uh, people are sort of motivated too by what by what uh, benefits them, and you know so for instance, there are people out there that think that advertising is bad, it's evil, it's a terrible scourge upon the earth, or mm-hmm. at least uh, advertising for certain things is is bad or evil or wrong or whatever. I sell advertising for a living. You're going to have one heck of a time uh, explaining to me why advertising is bad, wrong, and evil. You're invested. I'm I'm thoroughly that's invested, true. and that's what it is with uh, police officers. They're thoroughly invested. Um, in their their paradigm, and I understand their paradigm. I get it. They say to themselves, "Look, there's less crime in the world simply because there is a police department." Yep, there's some bad apples. There's instances where I've probably done the wrong thing, but uh, you know, we're we're dealing with legal situations constantly, every minute of every day. So we need a little more latitude in how the law is applied to us, because you know, the average American they may ha- might have some situation once in a month, once in a year, where they they can get in some kind of legal trouble. I have it several times a day, so I need that. I need that more latitude. I can understand why they have these feelings. It's just that there's there's opposing feelings out there, and I've got to pay for how you feel about the system, and that's wrong. You know yeah. the thing about them being invested. It's so true. I mean, it's certainly when you it, you have to look at what you have to give up. I mean, you might be feeling some cognitive dissonance, but if you at the same time if you feel like, wow, I, I'm feeding my family with this job, oh, yeah. you know, and and Ivan and I went to school for this, and right. I trained, and I, I looked forward all my life to being a police officer. Yeah, my it's... dad was a police officer, and now you have so much to overcome. It doesn't mean that you can't overcome it. Sure, it's not uh, just a it's belief just system. a harder job at that point. It, but, yeah, but, it's yeah, not just invested. a belief system. It's all also a job and so they've got that extra added part whereas if we're just talking about political philosophy or whatever we can change our mind and not have to worry about losing a paycheck it's also morally invested you know you're morally invested you've been defending something for a long time mm-hmm. you've been saying i know that what i'm doing is right and and now and i've been doing it for so long and you have to look back and go wow i've been wrong i've done so many bad things it's a hard thing that's to do. a hard thing and and someone who does it 
Wow, that you know that's impressive. You well, know, I'm he, sorry, but you know Brad Jardis. Yeah, so we can um, bring him up. A, an exceptional person because he he was that invested because he had done bad things to so many people, and he still saw that he was able to see the light. He was able to like you know essentially climb out of a deep dark hole of 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 this you know realizing that he'd been doing these bad things and 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 come to terms with it despite that. And I think he that did. makes him an exceptional person. So really, I think the the relevant question should be to Brad Jardis. Artists and other people like him that have managed to uh, to shift their paradigms from being that deeply invested, having years put in as a cop, that kind of thing. You know, what was it uh, to somebody like Brad that helped them see that light that uh, that allowed them to make that change? But I know at one it, point it's not it's not the seeing the light it's not this pivotal moment. It's no, it popping takes, rivets yeah. on the uh, the spaceship of statism. Under, that's but that's what really it? what it's about. No, right. it, you can't say what did it. But something what, had to start what it. What made you uh, a person who believes in complete liberty? I couldn't tell you. Right, and that's like, so. So don't I don't found ask Harry that. Brown. The, the, the the question itself is really um, it, it's not answerable. But there must have been some, that, well, I can say that I found the Harry Brown uh, book, and that's but that didn't what do it. Me. That's that, what that started was, me on that the was, path. Right, that was one of the rivets that right. popped. I agree with you. So what what's what is it that how can you pop those rivets is is the question then what what is it that can you be need done? to pop well you need to pop rivets by showing you need to uh you need well, to when logic has failed i right. think so you need yeah. to find young people to uh, young people are, are are of course the key to this because they're they're easier to talk to the ideas of logic I'm talking are, about cops you need to their family um, you need to surround people who benefit from the system with other people that understand the, the ideas I agree. So more people in New Hampshire would help. Uh, Coming up here, 800-259-9231. Returning to your phone calls in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. Uh, freetalklive.com features including stuff like live streams, got our broadband and dial-up versions, uh, plus we've got a webcam and listen lines that allow you to call in and listen from any phone that can dial long distance. It's all free for you over at listen.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. All right, 800-259-9231. Right back to your phone calls. Fred is listening to WCER in Canton. Hello, Fred. How are you doing this evening? What's on your mind tonight, Fred? Okay, I would like to make a statement to all the law enforcement, to all the military, past and present, that we all swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and to protect from enemies, foreign and domestic. Our enemies right now are domestic and they are all the ones that have broken the oath in D.C. 
the, the question I have for you is if we detected the fraud, the theft, the graft, the interest to foreign banks, the derivatives, the giveaways to the U.N., and Hillary's going around and giving a lot of money away, how much debt will we actually owe? You know, it's it, it'd be a lot. It'd be a lot less. You know, if you could make if you could make government somehow free of corruption, or even less free of corruption, or make it so it uh, corruption diminished in government rather than grew, then I think that uh, people like us would be just voices crying in the wilderness. The the uh, the, 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 the 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 ramblings of madmen. Maybe we are the ramblings. Of madmen. I don't know. But um, okay, on it, Hillary. Oh, Hillary. hold on, hold on. Before you go on that, i just like to point something out that I firmly disagree with you on. I don't owe anything. I don't see how those people in Washington, D.C. can obligate me to anything that they do. I don't owe a, a single red cent to those people for their debt, whatever that is. I agree with you. But how can Hillary go away, drowned, excuse me, went to the G20, gave $100 billion away per year, then went over, I think it was just Afghanistan just the other day and gave $100 million away. Went down to Venezuela and gave more away. When our people in this country need that, need it worse than we need it. Well, there's billions of dollars in, uh, in for, so-called foreign aid that has been uh, slathered around the world for, uh, for decades. I mean, it's not just Hillary Clinton. It's been every single uh, administration in you know, modern times. I don't know when the foreign aid started, but it certainly was before my lifetime. I can tell so, you how it happens. Um, anytime you consolidate power, that will always serve the powerful at the cost of the, of the weak. Or, you know, in, in this case, the wealthy at the cost of the poor. It, it's always going to work in that direction. Well, when you try to consolidate power, even if you have good intentions, that's what happens. Sure. That's, the, that's the reasonable expectation. And when, when somebody hears you, and by the way, thank you for the call tonight, Fred. I appreciate it. When somebody hears me say uh, out there, uh, maybe of the more liberal persuasion, will hear me say something like, What? You don't want foreign aid? Well, don't you care about poor people? Well, hold on a second here. Let's take a look at foreign aid and see exactly what it is. Uh, because these billions of dollars that they're handing out, you'd think, well, that's going to feed people. That's great. We want to hand out uh, that to uh, poor countries. I have nothing against helping the poor, wherever they are, helping people that are needy or starving or whatever. I have nothing against that. I just don't believe that the government is the agency to do it. In point of fact, they aren't because the the foreign aid that they give like to a starving African nation goes to the bureaucrats it, it goes, goes to the government to itself the government. and then the government decides what's to do, what to do with it and you know what they decide to do with it make themselves more wealthy yeah, if you want to if you want to give money to starving people in africa find yourself some charity that you support and give money to starving this people in africa bureaucracy because right. they will milk it yeah save save me um, assuaging your own guilt over not having given to one of those charities cuz i've done it thank you very much um, because you choose not to do it don't take my money at the point of a gun and then make yourself feel better about having donated to these uh these or uh, you right. know to to well the idea that you've donated because you haven't you've given no. the money to these uh their their government over there and, it and then they buy helped. new bmws and uh and bulletproof glass it's and- disgusting but they do they do exactly that the government the, these people in the <laughs> government over there will be driving bmw 7 series on dirt dusty roads it's disgusting yep so that's where your foreign aid goes, or the government's foreign aid, because once they take it from you, it's not yours anymore. 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls. John, listening also in Canton to WCER. Hello, John. Hello. Uh, I was originally called up uh, about uh, 40 minutes ago. I heard you talking about uh, public workers. And 
Uh, I'd like to start with some of the things I've uh, uh, heard since I've been on hold here. But just uh, before I get to that, I just would say that I support uh, uh, the uh, unions and the public workers against any kind of uh, the, ins the assault that is going on worldwide now by the uh, Wall, Wall Street bankers, the IMF, and the World Bank. Uh, the G20 have all decided that this is going to be worldwide austerity, just uh, savage sla uh, cuts. Uh, any kind of social assistance program, life support systems that they have in these countries from Greece to the United States and uh, there's a demonization now uh, to try to divide the workers against public workers because they happen to be uh, the last of the union workers, the last ones that were able to defend themselves against the last 30 years of assault uh, by uh, the, uh, the, the bankers. Uh, uh, at this point, uh, they used to be the, uh, the lower-paid workers, and now uh, they are Wait a, a little, who is a little higher because, because of the assault on uh, workers uh, and the deindustrialization. Uh, uh, de 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 I'm a little country. confused. Who used to be lower-paid workers? Public workers? Yeah. Yeah, they used to be uh, years ago. How many years uh, decades ago? Decades ago, decades okay, ago. Okay, decades. Right, not in my yeah. lifetime, because <laughs> right. in my lifetime, the, their unions themselves, which I have no power to negotiate, with whom I have no power to negotiate, they dictate essentially to uh, the people that rob me um, as to what it is that I have to pay these people, and I don't find that to be a, an equitable or fair arrangement. Well, uh, I, I, I think, though, that uh, this kind of libertarian idea, which is really as a a contempt for really, uh, uh, though it's ideologically uh, uh, perfumed, uh, it's a contempt for workers and their only kinds of uh, wait. I work. Wait a second. Um, I work. Yeah. You don't know, I get to keep well, my money? You need to. Yeah, but be you, be specific who you're talking about because I think that um, in fact, what we need, what a libertarian world ought to be providing, is an opportunity for people to work and there are all sorts of different operations other than just having a job for some some big powerful company and, well, and you know, I, I that, agree, that too if they do they should be treated better world. you're not uh, going to have that in an ideal uh, ideal world we know that uh, people have been socialized into these transnational corporations the situation is now that we've been deindustrialized uh, the uh, 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 sending out of the, these american corporations have, uh, have gone outside the country so at this point right now well, we can't talk about some kind of uh, pie-in-the-sky uh, ideology is all I'm saying. And, and there's an attempt now to it's get... It's only that. It's only pie-in-the-sky if you're trying to use the system that's been corrupted to fix it. Uh, and that's what's pie-in-the-sky, and that's why it seems so futile to try and change it that way. Well, I think for, for, uh, for a century and a half now, there's been uh, uh, pitch battles uh, to get what little bit of uh, resistance uh, type of organizations to the predations of uh, the big monopolies during the Gilded Age, uh, all the way down through the 30s, uh, the police being used to, to kill and, and, uh, and uh, jail strikers. Uh, the kinds of things that the unions represent uh, brought this country to the standard of living that we had, as, as well as the uh, progressive income tax during the 50s, the Progressive income tax on the uh, top uh, multimillionaires and billionaires was 91%. We had the top economy, and we had the best living standards. So this idea that... Uh, <laughs> so you're advocating a progressive income tax. Oh, horrors of horrors. Uh, it's, it, yeah. it's gone now because uh, since the Reagan tax cuts through Clinton and Bush and 
Obama knowledge down uh, uh, officially to about 35 well, percent. Do you think those rich, powerful people actually paid that crap? I mean, really? Do you believe that? No, I'm that? saying I'm saying they had to go down from 91 percent and maybe get down to 50 percent. Now it's down to about three percent. They had offshore accounts. They had politicians in their pockets. Exactly. I mean, so they, what I'm saying they never that, paid it. The idea of a, you, you a progressive income tax is only a tax. It's only going to hurt the people that are on the very fringe of making that kind of money. And again, you're just talking about rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Me, uh, All taxes are theft, and theft is aggression, and I thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. There's more coming up. You can take control of the airwaves, ring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The number brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. And we invite you to our website where we've got a lot of features and we give it all away. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their sites. Ours is free, so enjoy all the features there. And you can place your bid on a banner right now. You can go to auction.freetalklive.com and you can win the fourth banner on the website. Uh, it allows you to advertise pretty much whatever it is you want. I mean, I reserve the right to reject it if it's like some sort of racist website or something. Uh, but otherwise, you know, whatever it is your product or service or favorite website is, you can advertise it with us and get it for a month if you go place your bid at auction.freetalklive.com. Good way to support the show and get the word out about your product or service. Auction.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, taking your calls about what you want, Errol is on the line in South Carolina. Errol, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. How you doing, guys? Hey, Errol. What's on your mind? I had a well, short story, and then I had a question for you. Okay, sure. I guess, well, I had a traffic ticket about a month ago, and I had traffic court maybe yesterday. And usually when I've had a few tickets before, you would go to court, and you would sit there, and you'd wait for, I guess, uh, whoever's running the thing to call you up there to stand before the judge. Mm-hmm. Well, I went there, and they had a line of people going into the courtroom, and there was... No judge. I never got the chance to say guilty or not guilty. Instead, what they had instead was a police officer, the arresting one, I guess, in this case, would come up, you'd sign your tickets, and he would reduce your fine, and he would go pay it. Okay, so they're cutting a deal, they're cutting a deal with you. Then. Yeah, it's just a, it's a deal mill. Yeah, I imagine. It's, I guess they're, it's, you could say that's more efficient, I guess, but... Uh... Well, no, it's just it's it's a, it's a way they play this uh, to they they do this here in uh, in Keene, and I'm sure it's done frequently across the country where there's a line of people and uh, they've gotten to, or a list of names and they just start calling names and you go up and you talk to the prosecutor and that's when they make you the offer whatever that is and as you're saying their offer is all right we're gonna cut this back look hey we're doing you a favor today here buddy uh, oh yeah. Right, and so then they they say, okay, here we're going to do you a favor. We're going to cut the the fine down, and here you go. You can pay at the window. And so it's just a it's just a suggestion. They're just <laughs> suggesting to you that you go ahead and pay. You could have told them, oh no, that's all right. I'm here to go ahead and plead not guilty, or I'm you know I'm not going to pay your fine. And then they would have then they would have brought the judge out, and you would have had uh, the arraignment. And a lot of times they get the uh, uh, that, that's when they start going after you for triple quadruple uh, what it was that your original fine was because, oh, there's court costs involved in fighting it, you know. 
True, that's a good point. We don't. We yeah. haven't never. I've never seen court costs up here at just district court in New no. Hampshire, but they do that in other places. They do. Sure. Yeah, you know, other places. So they are penalize terrible. you for for defending yourself, basically. Yeah. If you if you well, attempt to defend I, your I, rights, I want to defend myself, but I want to. I guess save that for New Hampshire since I did sign the statement of intent. Oh, excellent! That's my girlfriend. Well, I, I tend to agree with that particular approach. I think it's a real bad idea to if, if you're coming, if you have plans to come to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, it's a bad idea to go ahead and start doing non-cooperation in the courtrooms of uh, the rest of the country because you could really, you know, get into it pretty deep if you don't have people backing you up in there. Yeah. Very cool, man. Okay, and my question was, I think it was you and Dale. Occasionally, you would talk about panentheism. Mm-hmm. Panentheism, yes. Yes. I think it was uh, you brought it up when you were talking to Stefan Molyneux at the Pork Fest. That's correct. Or, uh, I, did. You, 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 uh, I guess you. you what, what, what's the assumption? I guess you mentioned or the belief that uh, you're moving towards perfection. Is that correct? Uh, Dale, I think you could probably answer the, that. Well, question. I, you know, I, I, you're asking what was said during that debate, and I, I, rec- I only, I don't recall it in enough detail to really say no, what was said. I think he's said. asking you what if is you, panentheism. Are you asking me about panentheism? Yeah. What I believe about it. Well, I, I think that uh, I, well, I describe it as it's sort of to me. It's sort of inspired by what for me it is inspired by sort of the Platonic theory of forms that there is there is like the, 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 the most and... the best form of any particular concept. It could be a concept for anything from an object or a creature or a or a um, uh, or an abstract thing. Um, that the the best form of it exists on some level, and that the real world is uh is just a, a shadow of that or a reflection of oh, yes. that. I, I've, I understand yeah. all that because I know Plato also said that we knew everything, but we didn't remember it until <laughs> maybe perhaps after we were dead because we were imperfect from our perfect form mm-hmm. or something to that effect. Yeah, I think I, I think sort of I look at the the divine as like an ass sort of an asymptote that the that the. Uh, the, the material world is attempting to approach and uh, can never get there, but it is guided by it in a way, I guess. And, okay, and panentheism in general, I think, is a concept that everything and everything that is not is essentially uh, all that is and all that is not is, what if you want to call it, God, uh, you can do that. But I think the word God has too much connotation uh, that uh, suggests sort of a, a daddy in the sky kind of thing where there's something separate from uh, from us. Uh, that makes decisions about whether you've been naughty or good. Yeah, the the, the, the yeah. the theism portion of the word is the most disturbing part of it to me. But but I feel like it's still you know if without having a long time to explain to someone what my views are, it's the closest thing oh, for yeah. describing me. You know, I think what provoked me to ask that question was I think during the course of the debate, I think it, it was I think it was Ian or I don't forget the other guy's name, but you brought up evolution as maybe as evidence for that sort of thing, as if if it was moving towards perfection and. That's well, a pet peeve of mine. I, I hear that a lot, and I think that's a creationist argument because that's not what in biology. Biology, that's what not not what evolution is. The it, the it, it's. I I don't know if I want to call evolution evidence of that, but I look at how evolution works, and I derive from that certain things about the nature of the universe and how and how patterns, uh, complex patterns emerge out of. Uh, less complex patterns. Oh yes, I mean you can find little nature. You'll find stable patterns. That's why you'll find like a, what they call it, the, the spiral, based on a phi. Well, I think it, losing me right now. I think that uh, yeah, that, there's, there's I guess the evolution as a way of finding uh, great and elegant solutions to problems. 
Okay. Right. Well, and I see that as moving toward perfection personally, solving problems and making things better over time. I see that as uh, as getting rid of the sloughing off the the crap and uh, and moving forward. And there's a it's a messy process, I think, as Dale has pointed yeah, out. Right. All of this. Uh, but I think in so general like we're, we're moving we're moving problems. onward and we're, we're moving upward and that uh, in the process three steps of, forward two steps back kind of thing in the process <laughs> of uh, of human or man's uh, man's evolution I mean we're we're pretty early on in that process I think at this point but we can certainly see some of the steps that are coming in the future and, and genes aren't the only pattern that evolves I mean there are patterns in terms of thinking how about thinking? thoughts and art and yeah. words and these things are surviving the deaths of people and being carried on into the next generation and those are evolving social structures i think are evolving getting rid of slavery yeah, I for instance it's, it's, it's just going from like maybe an engineering aspect that's my pet peeve was that when you speak in evolution in terms of biology it doesn't really imply moving towards perfection it implies change because when the environment changes if you don't change, no matter how perfect you might think you might be, you're going to go extinct. But don't, don't you think that even if the environment doesn't change, that there's an inclination for creatures to change so that they have a greater ability to survive even in a, an environment that doesn't change? I mean, there are environments like... If there's a mutation that causes for a greater ability to survive, even in an unchanging environment, then that's oh, yeah, going to lead to... the aspect where you meet, you meet some kind of, I guess, uh, homeostasis with your environment where you don't need to change anymore. Well, there'd still be competition, um, and oh, yes. you you would uh, you know, and that's I guess part of the environment. So you'd, there'd always be some kind no, of. Level. I'm sorry. Well, even even without competition, you have a you know just just a, a creature that survive that has a longer lifespan. You know, that's going to aid survivability. There's there's the, I think that um, and then there's also just the idea of and there's certain I think concepts that I see as being so useful that they're almost inevitable in a any time where you have the ability for change and you have a natural selection process you have certain things that are almost inevitable and i think for instance intelligence is one of those things because i can be you know adaption takes a very long time but uh being able to forward thinking and abstract thinking and being able to analyze things and make decisions that are that are useful for my own survival uh whatever my goals are that's something that it's going to be awfully hard to beat with uh, some really incredible physical adaptations. And that's your, uh, that's, I, th- I consider that your personal evolution. When I use the term evolution, I, I don't really just, I'm not just talking about, you know, some biological thing that takes uh, billions of years. I'm talking about my personal path as well. I'm, I consider myself evolving throughout my lifetime, uh, and that's obviously a very short-term thing. Anyway, thanks for the call tonight. Uh, appreciate hearing from you, Errol, at 800-259-9231. That's, uh, and I think we're evolving as a society. social evolution, and, yeah. and the, the, you know, there's... You know, part of this, I cannot argue definitively, for instance, that being a social creature is superior to being a uh, isolated sort of creature. If you look at like an alligator that survives totally on in isolation for the most part, you know, an alligator will eat its own babies if it comes across it again. And then you have creatures that that work together to uh, to to further this that species. You know, I can't argue definitively that that's better, but there's a certain so there's a certain leap of faith. But it seems to me that like that sort of social creature is an almost an inevitability because it's, there's so many advantages to that versus being an, being an isolationist type of creature. Good discussion here. We'll continue in a moment. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. Hour number three is on the way. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And uh, Mark, I know you wanted to read an email. Hopefully we'll get to that. Attention all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. 
Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program, and we invite you to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. And main feature of the site allows you to influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air by submitting different uh, news items or videos or blog posts, whatever it is you find online that you think is interesting, you think our listeners might enjoy, you submit it to the website, and then other listeners vote up or vote down on whether they like or dislike. And the most liked of the different items will make it to the front page and the top of our website. It's all free, and it's uh, it's fun. So head over to Free Talk Live. Dot com. As we continue taking your phone calls, uh, coming up, Mark, you've got an email to share, plus Dale, you want to talk about alternatives to copyright, but first, your phone calls and the fun. We go to Davi, listening in California, on the amp lines. Hello, Davi. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about a caller you had a couple of days ago named Hamid, who called in about civilian deaths in Pakistan. Okay, uh, sure. I don't know, if, do you remember this call? Yes, vaguely. Uh, please recap. Well, uh, you know, he just he had a very thick accent, and he he called in to talk about, I think, drone attacks in Pakistan, and he had some numbers about the numbers of civilian deaths and and things like that. And then you hung up on him. He said shirt. Um, Oh, did he? (laughs) It didn't sound like shirt. He thought he said something else. Yeah. Um, But I just wanted to say, I mean, like it's commendable what he's doing. But when he opened the call, he said, "I love the founding fathers. I read their writings. I love America." And and there's this, like, tendency that I've noticed, especially with immigrants, that they feel they have to drape themselves in the flag if they're going to, like, like <laughs> criticize anything about this country. Mm-hmm. But do you understand why they might do that? I mean, no, I, I get, absolutely do. I get where and, you're and coming not, from, but it's like, it's like this, right? Like, <laughs> your wife might be a big old B word, right? And you can yeah. call her a B word if you want to call her a B word. However, if I go and call her a B word, then yeah, I'm you have to say all I'm the A-word. nice things about her first, right? Hey, you but know, you say she's oh she's really sweet and is this and that, you know, or, or she's really intelligent and she, you know she's I got all this love that wart on her whatever. nose and the way she stirs that cauldron. You, nobody could do it like she does. So, <laughs> so I'm criticizing him for doing it. Like I feel the pressure to do it too because I'm a Muslim and I'm and I mean that's just the way the culture is right now. But I think I know why it is. And it's something I've observed in a lot of immigrant and in, in a lot of the immigrant communities that when they go through the immigration process, they have to take a civics test 
in order to, to become an immigrant. And yes. that civics test is your, like, elementary school-level American propaganda. So when you guys said, what did you think of the genocide, he was totally confused. He'd never heard anything like that before in his life. And, and so, like, for me, like, I think you have to keep that in mind when you're talking to immigrants, that they, oh, they have the party-line American propaganda of what this country's history is. Yeah, they sure do. So I just wanted to, but it's just an observation. I want to say one other thing about um, foreign aid, uh, because I've been reading about Somalia a lot lately because it's just really interesting. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the violence in Somalia right now is because there's this huge like account of cash of foreign aid for any group that can claim to be the legitimate government of Somalia. <laughs> Pretty much true. <laughs> like, like, there is no government of Somalia. So the first group that can manage to be the big gang that kills all the other ones, they get a huge sum of, of foreign aid from countries like us. A reward so for tyranny. we created the incentive for the violence in that country. Wow, that's I interesting. Mean, that's us, like the UN, all of them. So, I mean, this happens any country where there is foreign aid going. You know that you're creating an incentive for people to want to control that government more than the natural resources of that land. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, it's a very interesting observation. We've uh, we've known about Somalia for a while that in the absence of their national government, uh, people like the UN have been busily attempting to foist a government upon the people of Somalia, and they many of them do not want that uh, to happen. And it's, it's interesting that you bring up that as an extra incentive as to the uh, the warring factors that uh, that are at play there. The extra so, money. I mean, the fact that the foreign aid goes to the government of those land and not to the people, any, any land, all it is is that it means that there's more incentive for violence to control that government. Or well more observed. incentive for that government to be yeah. violent. Thanks for that, Dobby. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. So, Dale, let's go, let's go back to the copyright discussion. I know you had yeah. some alternatives you wanted well, to Well, when uh, I say alternatives, I, I don't mean – I know a lot of people have notions of how to implement free market copyrights with contracts and things like that. But I don't even mean that. I mean, I'd like to even step further outside of that box and stop thinking in terms of how am I going to – have these protections on my ideas and think of it in terms of just how do you compete in a marketplace where it doesn't exist? And I think there's lots of ways to do that. It may not be what, what you, and I find that people who really want to defend it, you know, copyrights and patents and regulations on business and all these status inventions benefit the people who are in power, who have control, who are, who, who own a significant share of the market and want to hold on to it more than anyone else. Because, you know, if you want to, um, if you want to take up a copyright issue, you better have a lot of lawyers <laughs> and you better have more money than whoever it is you're suing, you mm-hmm. know. And, and, and that's why it's like patents and copyrights and things like that aren't going to help the little guy who's trying to get noticed. The little guy who wants to get noticed wants his stuff all over the place. It's someone who's already got a great market share and plenty of money for, for commercials and plenty of, money for, plenty of money for promotions that wants to promote their thing and not let anyone else compete against them in it, right? So, so what are the alternatives? I think that, you know, I, I, I think people need to be thinking in terms of, okay, I, how do I get my... Get, you know, promote my stuff, get people to be a fan of me, and then things like uh, any new books I put out. You know, you can say, "Well, I'm going to release this book after I sell so many." Uh, you sell the first, you sell a book and get people to like it, and you say, "Okay, the sequel to this book, I'm going to release it after I sell a certain number of 
you know, pre-sold copies. That's when I'm going to release the book. And then you've got a, you've got like an initial market share right away. You've well, got people who pre-sold are. Pre-sold copies is easy if you've got some. Oh, I think that maybe Stephen King, Piers Anthony, authors like that would be able to pull off the pre-sold well, copy but, thing. Well, the, but then again, I mean, it depends on if you're a small Arthur, small Arthur, you might, uh, you might have a, 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 a small following of people that are willing to pay for your work. You know, the, the, the thing is, how much money do you want to make on it? I know there's the notion, again, if you have, in the current market setting, you have people who, if you're working through a big publisher and you have the benefit of being able to sue the pants off of anyone who tries to compete with you, yeah, you can have this huge market share and make millions of dollars, but is that a realistic thing in a free market? You know, uh, and, I, 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 I totally there's also there's, agree a, there's that things there's... like, you know, autographing copies of your books and things like that. There's there's yep. the, the idea of I think a lot of people want the legitimate what they think of as the legitimate. The well, we call it the authentic, which I think is a valid word, mm-hmm. an authentic copy of the book produced by the by whoever produced the, the work. And that's an authentic copy, just like saying, you know, a T-shirt that was that's an authentic uh, Olympics T-shirt, for instance, is, vi- is that's valuable to some people. They want to make sure they're getting the authentic version of a T-shirt. And not a uh, pirate, so, so-called pirated version of a T-shirt. There's instances there's where people don't want the authentic copy. I mean, I, yeah. for instance, uh, you know, I, would, I was going to go to a Michael Moore movie in the theater, and I was figuring out how can I go to this movie without giving any money to this, you <laughs> sure. know, this fat I've socialist. Had, I the same attitude. And yeah. so I, I thought about it. Hey, I could buy a ticket to the other movie that they have in the theater, <laughs> and then just walk into this one and watch it. Yeah. And that's but that's the free market. That's you. You have to deal with that. That's the reality. Is that you know you have people that want to support you and your art, and you can also. And there's also the notion. I think I'm. You have to understand. I'm coming from the point of view of someone who is a a, a producer of art, a producer of writings, and a producer of software. And now I'm about to go in the, films. into 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 films. All As of if these films. These are all. These are all <laughs> things that. Uh, it, you know, I have. I should be invested in the notion of copyright based on that. Well, but you're invested a, in the idea as a software of- person. I want to talk about it. I'll, I'll talk about that. There's the notion of selling services instead of selling a a piece of software per se. A company might need. So- software that's tailored to their specific needs, and sure. that might not be valuable to other people. It's specifically valuable to that company. Extraordinarily, and you, you sell the service of tailoring some software to some specific needs and servicing that, that software because and servicing it because you always you know, need somebody on uh, tech support to say, "All right, push F one." And, and, and a company that wants a logo made, for instance, they don't, they want their logo spread far and wide. They want to brand themselves. It's not an issue of copyright, but they need to hire someone to produce a very specific design. And you're selling a service of producing something instead of putting something out and then trying to sell copies of it. We'll come back with more here. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live 1-800-259-9231. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com.
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, including our shrine of female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to show they are indeed listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself, and if you are a lady listener, you can get involved. All the details are there at shrine.freetalklive.com. Take the startpage.com's seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. The uh, search engine won't be taking your data and, decide, and and advertising back to you based on it or anything like that. They won't be turning it over to the government for whatever reason. You can start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. It is just as easy and just as useful as any of the other search engines at startpage.com. All right. Plus, I get the proxy thing, which yeah, the proxy uh, is really thing awesome. which normally pay for. So when you do a search at StartPage and they come up with the results and you want to go to one of them, you can actually click through. You can go regular if you want, or you can go through their proxy, which gives you anonymous surfing as well as anonymous searching so pretty cool uh so we continue here uh dale is with us uh, from anarchy in your head.com uh, you're uh, illuminating some suggested alternatives uh some maybe free marketplace uh, well, I, I know the alternatives exist i know people make money without that i know that uh you know there's the example of radiohead without the benefit of the violence of copyright and i know that radiohead for instance uh released an album uh for free and just said hey give us donations if you like it and they mm-hmm. got more money than they've ever made on an album before because they true? skipped the middleman. You know, they, the, sure. the huge record companies that usually hold a monopoly via copyright on production, and they can they can just rake in the cash. Radiohead just skipped them and said, "Here, we're just going to release this album." And uh, they were, you know, for, of course they were they were famous enough that that helped. That helps, yeah. But uh, they, they, they and they were able to just release an album and say, "Hey, give us donations," and they made more money than ever. They skipped the middleman. You know, and brilliant proof of concept. And 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 uh, so it can you can make money. Uh, there are people who want authentic copies, and uh, an authentic copy cannot be reproduced by someone else without fraud. You, yeah. you have to involve fraud. So you know, there's people who say, "I want an authentic copy from the person who produced this. I want maybe a book by this author where he signed it." And you know, and you can you can always make prints of a of a of an original painting. The prints are never going to be as valuable as the original painting. Well, what's interesting is it's not you know? always it's the value of authenticity or the original, for instance, uh-huh. doesn't just apply to creative works uh, that we're talking about here in this particular discussion. Uh, Dr. Mary Ruard from Healing Our World, uh, she's the author of that book. When she was giving her a talk about uh, one of her talks about how she's got a lot of experience. She she works professionally in the, uh, the pharmaceutical field or the the medical field, I think, and. And she 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 was talking about how prior to patents coming out that uh, the the incentive to get a drug to marketplace wasn't that they had some sort of protection because they didn't. The incentive was to be the first to market the product. So Bayer or whoever it was oh, that yeah, came she up made with an excellent case for yeah, that. Yeah. Whoever it was that came up with aspirin first. I mean, and how think, much of a market share you can corner without you know just just, just by being having first. being first, getting right. out there and getting your stuff out there first. And is you'd think with massive. something you'd think with something like aspirin, like who cares, right? It's just <laughs> aspirin. Uh, but uh, but people reward that that first person to uh, to the market and and it, and it happens again nece- and again. It's not necessarily a conscious thing. It's just the way it happens. That you get name recognition, you get mm-hmm. the you know first out and everything. And again, uh, you know, a lot of people. The, the, a part of this too is people want to be able to charge exorbitant prices that they think they deserve, and uh, you know, and that 
and that someone else shouldn't be able to undercut them and sell it cheaper. But that's the free market too. You know, right. you know, keep your prices reasonable. And a lot of people, I think, will pay. And this is another thing that I think shows in the market because there are people out there that uh, that you know, I I you know, I've used BitTorrent. I also oh, bought yeah. a lot of movies. I can go BitTorrent just about any movie I want to see, and yet I go out and I buy DVDs. I don't have a moral implication. I don't have any moral uh, issues with BitTorrenting something I want to see. But I like have I like the convenience and practicality if it's reasonably priced. I don't buy right. them usually. I don't buy twenty dollars DVDs. I buy used ones from the video store, or I buy I them on buy sale brand new. and different. things like that. Okay. I will. I will watch on uh, Torrent. And then if I like a product that I see on Torrent, like for instance, um, I, Dexter, yeah. I really like the the television show Dexter, and so I've watched it all on uh, on Torrent. And then I saw the opportunity to pick up uh, a Blu-ray version of it, and so I, I went ahead you're, and just bought it. I've more. never even opened the damn Blu-ray. I but just yeah, but, to but throw the, some money at it. The thing is, I think what it comes down to is you're, everybody knows this is ju- this is just a, doesn't just apply to intellectual works, but but anytime a, you know you increase your market share exponentially the lower you're able to make the price you, you broaden out the number of people who can afford mm-hmm. it and who, who you know people have a certain maybe a desire for the product but not until it hits a certain sort of affordable price absolutely and i think that i feel like a lot of music producers a lot of uh, entertainment producers have been able to to demand a certain price and they want to keep doing that when in fact i think it's over it's overpriced for something that you can instantly reproduce even if you're the only one who can do it you can instantly stamp out like in, insane amounts of copies of a certain movie, you will get a tremendous market share just by making it a reasonable price just because people don't want to go and wait to download a BitTorrent. Mm-hmm. And because the BitTorrent, they didn't have to burn it to a DVD. and then it's not and, the same and, quality. Yeah, and it's not going to be the same quality pr- most of the time. And even if, it, if, even if it is, there's just the hassle of it. Sure. You know, and, and, and people will pay for the convenience if you give them a reasonable price. And I think what like, those people want is they don't want to, you know, you can even charge a little more for an authentic copy. Right, and I think that this authentic copy thing that you make is very, very important because we're talking. You've said that essentially that uh, that making it, that like making a fraudulent trademark would be considered fraud on the person who purchased it. Is that about um, what you were saying before? Well, you can show harm there. Right. That's okay. the point. Right. Uh, understood. You, know, uh, now, you, you lied to me to get me to buy your product. A certain amount of know. people, and I'd say a large amount of people in the marketplace, believe in intellectual property some, to some extent or another. So if those people, so say, banded together the same way that the American Family Council does that hassles the FCC all the time, you know, put together an organization that says, we're going to go after anybody who, you know, makes some kind of uh, trademark that isn't, in fact, their trademark. So if Dexter, for instance, uh, somebody decides to take the Dexter series and uh, print it up themselves and put Put it in a box and uh, market it as Dexter. People partially understand Dexter is Dexter based on the font that they use, the color of the font, uh, you know, the, the whole trademark that goes into it, right? Sure. Uh, sure. Okay. Sure. So if um, if you get together this, you know, these people in this organization, and every one of them brings together the uh, the fraudsters that uh, put that that faked their copy of uh, you know this un. Uh, licensed copy of, of Dexter, and they went after these people in an arbitration uh, center. Even if it was a small uh, ruling for each one of them, it would be a huge amount that would put anybody under for trying to re- copy people's well, work. Plus, the marketplace has built-in mechanisms that help with this already. Uh, for instance, you know, Walmart won't take products that haven't been UL certified. In the same way, you know, a Blockbuster Video Store, if you come to them and you say, "Look, this isn't the real. This isn't the real Dexter." Uh, then they're not gonna they're not gonna take that because they want to have the reputation of they? 
uh, th- because they want to have a good reputation with now the, with the with the people that produce. I think that the, I think that what companies if, what with if a, good a big reputation, company rises up by um, I don't think that the, I don't think this argument holds water. Yes, I think that the companies today would do that. However, I think another company could rise up and say we're just going to fake all this stuff and we're going to sure, make a fortune be a, doing the big that. lots of uh, you know there could be the I big don't lots even think of- it'll necessarily be a big lots. What if it's the borders of faking? Uh, maybe that's possible, Mark. But it seems to me that there would be ways for those companies to uh, to ensure that they uh, they get the placement they're looking for and that they get their I product out. I think they out. could by uh, charging people with fraud. Okay, I see where you're coming from on that, but uh, I think there'd be more creative ways to go about it. Oh, I'm sure uh, that they would do that too, like if with they... reputation and things like that. And also, you know, if you if you cr- produce Dexter, then you have you know Michael well, whatever what if his they name say is. Upon us a copy. He can do inter- interviews and stuff. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include our news updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com. Get on our emailed updates list, Twitter, Facebook. You pick it. Take it how you want it over at news.freetalklive.com. And the School Sucks podcast provides ideas and information about the eventual end of childhood subjugation because indoctrination plus regurgitation plus graduation does not add up to a real education. Visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. That's SchoolSucksProject.com. As we continue here, uh, there's a little bit more, I think, to this discussion about alternatives to uh, to copyright distribution models that are perhaps a little different from what uh, things have, uh, have been used to, and the we got we're in the midst of a discussion, and I want to get back to the phone calls here, but I just want to make sure we can wrap this this up. Uh, the the discussion about this kind of cheap big lots style store that you say Mark would pop up. Uh, I, I would describe it as a place where the they're basically selling you the service of you know what you would normally do is bit torrent the thing and burn it yourself and you wouldn't have a nice printed color um, cover on the on the on your DVD. Right, they don't have up. it. You could watch it just fine. Yeah, uh, it'd be the big version <laughs> of the guys on the street in New York City that sell you that they'd stuff. They'd be selling the- that service and they'd be up front. No, this isn't the authentic copy from the producers. This is we just copied it and we're doing it for you. And here's a, a cheap version, cheaper version of the DVD. Right, but everybody if the would authentic- know copy that you know have it stamped like a no, it's almost like a notary but but specifically for the you know mass produced for these for for the you know by some company that 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 you know uses this sort of difficult to to uh maybe a difficult to forge um stamp or whatever and and does that and and makes it authentic and then the market because it's because there's not this unreasonable notion that no one else is allowed to compete with you 
the market can keep your prices down. You keep those authentic copies reasonably priced. You can still charge more for them because they're authentic copies Mm -hmm. and get a significant market share. You're not going to have all the market share. There's going to be people who just can't afford that and they don't have all the market share. All all the market share now. Right. There are books out there right now today that I would buy if they were at a lower price point. I mean, and that much is clear. Also, people sell in the book industry. You probably don't know this. There's these. uh, I think they're called ripoffs or something, where the cover is ripped off and they sell the. Not supposed to sell those. I understand, right. but they're sold. <laughs> there's right? a gray market competition in, there's, in there's intellectual property. There's used ones on Amazon. You can go to used bookstores. Mm-hmm. There's uh, bookstores that take over stocks. So, I mean, authors don't get the uh, 100% of their market share today. And right. I think, and, and we can all agree here, uh, you know, you and I hashed it out during the break. As long as you're talking about not fooling the public at all, that there's nobody out there wandering around thinking they got an authentic copy um, or, you know, uh, where when they do didn't then i i think that that's a that's a uh, fair uh, and yeah, just like world. i said i take issue with fraud i do and i think there's harm there if someone claim, thinks they're getting an authentic copy then and 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 they pay for what they think is an authentic copy then i feel like they have been defrauded and right. there's harm there and they can justify sure. a restitution for that and you could even fi- i can see even see a class action type lawsuit of a whole bunch of consumers bought something thinking it was authentic and this company was cranking out copies that weren't authentic and and claiming that they were authentic copies and not you know, not being upfront. No, this isn't an authentic copy. We just did it cheaper than them. Yeah, everybody's going to find then, out real quick. I mean, if you yeah. if you open up a store where you're selling the fake Dexter, the ripoff version of Dexter, uh, trying to per, per, you know essentially put it forth the, as though it's the real deal. I mean, word's going to get around real quick that this is essentially ripoffs are us that has just opened up. And yeah. and but some people, people wouldn't care looking, about that. But um, that's fine. The the people the that ones who don't care, care about, aren't defrauded. They the feel pe- like they don't care that they of the, whether it was authentic or the not. The people that, that don't care. What, they got what they wanted. The people that don't care about ripoffs, they're not likely to buy the authentic version. You look at uh, like uh, the, the name brands like Gucci and the Burberry and these other uh, very expensive name brands. Many of these people that uh, go to these little parties that they have, like somebody will show up at, a, at a, somebody's house, they spread the word that they're going to have one of these ripoff parties, like Chinese ripoff parties, and people come there and they buy these $40 versions of what would otherwise cost yeah, them $400. Yeah, but there are differences with those and people can tell them. You know, I mean, the experts yeah. can tell them, but uh, but not everybody well, some can tell. Some people are okay. Well, they, with the people the that can't copy. tell don't know, right? The, the, the if, I wouldn't know what one. I don't even know what right. Burberry is. I've seen like one uh, video on YouTube where somebody goes Burberry, right. Burberry, Burberry. But you wouldn't. Burberry. But that's and just it was it, dumb and because weird. Because you don't know, you probably also don't care. Right? About I don't know an and don't care. Burberry. So you're not really you're not um, you're not getting me. So the but the people that know a knockoff from uh, the real thing, they know and they would care. So those are the people you're trying to fool. And what I'm telling you is it's fraudulent to purport your product as something it isn't. So they, if, for instance, okay. you've got, you've got the, the Dexter, if you've got the Dexter Season 2 and it has the same picture on it as the other Dexter mm-hmm. Season, the real Dexter Season 2, and it has it's, the same font and all those things, that's... That is unacceptable and that is fraud. However, if you've got the Dexter season two and it just says Dexter in some font that isn't the Dexter font and a different color or, and it just says or it's or it's a uh, or it's a sharpie marker. I don't <laughs> know if I agree. I, I don't know if I agree because as Dale pointed out, the authentic copy could have some sort it's, of hologram or something that's very unique to it that the other product wouldn't have. In well, the same the, way, that, the the point is whoever's selling it and if they're trying to pawn it off, if they're trying to counterfeit. The real thing and pawn it off as if it's an authentic copy. Yes, that's fraud. So, uh, well, and exactly how is it fraud? How is that person harmed? The person who purchased it. 
Well, they 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 were sold something uh, with a lie. They okay. were they they were now, they if, were paying if, a certain amount for what they believed something to be, and it wasn't what they believed. Now, it if to they be. were bought a Burberry coat or for or whatever, I don't even I don't know what Burberry makes. All right, um, mm-hmm. if they bought a Burberry hat, I've seen those. I know that they exist. Okay, um, if, if they bought a Burberry hat, and I saw a Burberry hat on their head, and I or, and 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 it wasn't really a Burberry hat. They bought a knockoff okay. Burberry hat, and I saw it on their head. I thought it was the real thing. Do I have some claim? So against- how were you harmed? Explain how you were. Explain that. to me how the person who was um, sold a fake Burberry as a real Burberry is harmed. Well, well, they paid money for it. That they paid money for thinking they were getting a certain right, thing. So it's all in their so head. You can, the but same... you can, you can tell me how much damage there was. I, I paid, I paid forty dollars thinking I was getting an authentic Burberry. You got a hat. It's, a the, same, it's the same. hat. I mean, what's no, the difference? It's not the same it was, hat. It's the same cheaper. hat. They well, make it, it, cheaper it comes they, down. No, who to said it, it we comes use better down, products than Burberry does? It, 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 it doesn't matter. That's not even the issue. The issue is they were told it was one thing and it wasn't. They were defrauded. I they think were t- I'm defrauded by were... thinking that your hat might be Burberry. Okay, how much harm was done to you by that? Be, I, I invested emotions. <laughs> give me, give I mean, me just go to court. No, no, fine. Go to an arbitrator and convince an arbitrator, a yeah. third party. That's what I'm trying to tell you to put a financial some kind of number on the harm that was done. Is that you're making this argument against intellectual property as one individual? When in fact society will make um, society in the no, form of you know arbitrators will make that decision. I understand that. I understand that. I'm I'm making an argument for a rational approach to to, to harm. <laughs> I'm making a, a, an argument for a rational approach to if you think that you are entitled to something, then show me how you were harmed. If you feel like you're entitled to some sort of restitution, show me the harm. And if you say, well, I felt like uh, they, you know, I just I felt like I should have had a, a I a, went on a date a with this girl because she was wearing a hat and I, I felt entitled I, to make all the money on this product and no one else should be able to make the money on the product. I'm sorry, but that's not a convincing argument to me. I, I, right. That's not a convincing argument. I agree. You're not going to make all the money on that product. I, um, I, what I have presented you with is entirely different arguments than that. And um, I don't feel that you've successfully worked your way around those. You, I'm, I'm not. All you have to do is is explain to me and objectify to me how you were harmed by seeing a hat that you thought was Burberry. I, I dated. I went on <laughs> seeing a, it. I you went on a date it. with this girl. This is like oh, I saw a new person. I don't want to see wealthy. a new person. I thought she was a wealthy girl. I spent my time and my energy. My energy is worth a hundred dollars. This is like the rape I by deception this. thing. Mark? This was the rape sure. by deception. Yeah. This, I'm just just the <laughs> this I mean, is the Jewish person who thought they were having sex with another Jewish person, and in fact they were. This is the same. And this you is, can make the case. I mean, she might have a case. I don't know. This is the same it's, it's argument, reach, though, that the you know. person would have that bought the Burberry hat now, thinking you, it was a real Burberry well, hat, Well, sue though. the person, sue that woman who wore a Burberry hat, or, or a, a Burberry-looking hat, so that she could there make you, you think she was wealthy, and you had sex right. with her because you thought she was wealthy. And you pay, you, or and maybe you paid her, her to have sex Take her, her to an arbitrator and say, look, she made me think she was wealthy by wearing a fake Burberry hat. Hey, we got to get to the... And I'm entitled to damages. And then just convince them you've been harmed. We've got to get to your phone calls here in the remaining moments. 800-259-9231. But I've, I've been enjoying watching you guys go at it here. It's, uh, it's good stuff. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Enough time for your thoughts here in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. Coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Just a few moments remain, enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there, and if you want to help support the show, uh, one of the ways you can do that is by becoming an amplifier. For as little as 3 bucks a month, we will take your money in, reinvest it into the program, and get on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board and more radio listeners on board as well, uh, thanks to your contributions. You get perks as well, uh, like access to the AMP-only forum, or the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only commercial-free podcast. Go get all the details, get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options, it's all there at amp.freetalklive.com, and thanks in advance, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Do you like your talk radio to yell bombastic slogans? Do you like to hear words like bombastic used in a sentence? Can you order Lysander Spooner, Peter Kropotkin, Emma Goldman, and Murray Rothbard by beard length? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Thinking Liberty is a show for you. Thinking Liberty, the audio broadcast that turns listeners into DHS-certified extremists. Extremists. <laughs> Tune in live Tuesdays. That? Uh, Who wrote that one? Uh, Bile did. That's good. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> Bile's very clever. However, yeah. I, you know, think think about, uh, uh, you know, the, the voice of Tennyson, the smooth, the soothing voice. It's it's like it's like having Barry White on Back to the Dead doing an anarchist an anarchist podcast for you. Go to thinking thinkingliberty.net. Yeah. Go, go for Tennyson's voice, if nothing else. And very, <laughs> great voice. I'm very Indeed. jealous. I, I, I do not like my voice. And I would pay <laughs> I'd pay Tennyson trade. And I don't like yours because it's nasally like mine and people get confused. <laughs> Let's continue here with your calls. Sonny is on the line in South, uh, South Dakota on the amp lines. Hello, Sonny. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, what's um, on your mind? I wanted to go back a little bit to the topic earlier about evolution and to bring to you the uh, another term that I like to use in regards to social evolution, and that's emergence. Uh, but on the topic of, of change and emergence, uh, I wanted to, to emphasize the fact you guys are always talking about is that we need to really emerge into a, a new type of society out of the old ideas and mainly being government. Like a phoenix from um, the ashes. <laughs> well, he doesn't use the word emerge, sure. but he uses the word evolution, and you're making a correlation. I understand. Um, yeah, but basically, another thing I wanted to mention in terms of changing out of old ideas into new ideas, you talk about government, but there's this other idea that's so prominent, people hardly ever even question it, and that's the, the nature of, of money as something that seems to be, and always has been, I understand, something very useful to people, but how can you get rid of government, really, when government is a monetary institution, and uh, how do you deal with the facts that uh, well, as long as the... there is money, there's people that will be willing to, like the bureaucrats and the people that you're talking about, they wouldn't do any of these things if they didn't need to make money all the time, so... I'm well, but a, you need to. Do you want to break down what money problem. is? Do you want to break down what money is, and not the government version, but the idea of money, which the, is just a, an, a, an advanced form of trade? The most commonly exchanged resource. <laughs> the most commonly exchanged resource. Well, that's. Something I think that's liquid. an oversimplification. Gold and silver I think, is a great form of money. Yeah, but it's a bit of an oversimplification of money. I think to call it just the most, the most, com- the, the most. Uh, what'd you call it? The most common resource, or commonly exchanged resource. Well, commonly, commonly exchanged. exchanged well, that, that's that's sort definition. of claiming that there's only one specific money when, in fact, really money is just sort of an abstraction for anything that's, that's sort of practical for facilitating trade. 
It's just sort of an advanced mm-hmm. form of trade. I could always just trade berries with you for your carpenter work, for instance. Yeah, but I say I, I don't I need agree. carpenter work right now That's, and so on. It's a widely uh, it's uh, a medium of exchange, some yeah. more widely accepted than there others. There can be lots of monies. There's not there's not just one yeah. kind of so money. So where are you going with that? Sure. There's the sure. government monopoly sure, yeah, on money, yeah. yes. Where I was going with that is that if uh, if these people, that, like bureaucrats, politicians, and all of their corrupt behavior wasn't influenced by their constant need and the competitive behavior and the wanting to have more. And, and even if it's just for the basics, just to survive, people will do these things for money, whether it's government or something alternative to government that is equally criminal. Well, so well it's, I would say that, that it's, you don't emphasize that we need to enhance the prosperity of everybody and sure out of at a, a point when technology system. gets to be uh, you know good enough that it can essentially take away want and lack then you really won't have need for a government any longer except when you want to kick people's teeth in for not praying to Jesus on Sunday or whatever it is that you in whatever way you want to control their behavior sort of a, from a, a vice standpoint so um, it's it's true that sometime um, in the future that uh, I think that want and and lack Lack will be taken care of by technological advances. And I think we're relatively close when you look at the fact that uh, they've got these these printers that can kind of print objects out of plastics. Have you heard of the, uh, these things? I I've have. heard of all kinds of technologies, and you're, you're totally uh, talking in, in like my terms. This is exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. We're on the, the precipice of this major change in our technological advancement. Indeed. Where but, but I, I want to address that. that really. could eliminate poverty and the need for people to compete against each other for limited resources. I think we're moving in that direction. I think, I think right. money might be something that we evolve away from just because it just becomes a, cer- a certain to a, there will be a point when property is actually trivial. But um, and, and when it's trivial, you won't be able to place value on it anymore. Right, but <laughs> even when that happens, exactly. even when when uh, the, the device is created that will eliminate want and lack and um, and scarcity, and scarcity, then you're still going to have a period of time of of sort of getting used to it, evolving into this uh, you know this this sort of governmentless or or this uh, you know the government that you get to choose of your own making or whatever society. Um, that much is true, and I think today we need to think about what that society would look like so that we can. Speed that, even if even if what you're talking about, the technology uh, manages to make it before the rest of us do. Yeah. Uh, I would like to get to that point where it's, we're actually looking not, at that before technology has created a world without want. Lack just, and need. It, we're not just evolving in terms of technology, but we're also involved evolving our social structures. And I think as we evolve our social structures, part of that process, I uh, you know, is. It really governs more about power than money. It just uses money to get that power. But the, the part of evolving that social structure is finding peaceful ways for us to, to work together for our mutual benefit. And, and that's, that's evolving in, along with technology. And that's also something that's going to increase prosperity and, and reduce want and reduce lack. As us for, you, as, won't as, even, you really you know. won't have much crime either because the majority of crime is based on the fact that they, people need to get stuff, um, <laughs> you know, exactly. either to get drugs or and then the know, way stuff we, in general. And the way we deal with crime makes that situation even worse right. and so makes crime worse, really. So if you, want, if you want to rape someone, you will be able to go into a holodeck and do such a thing and you'll never actually harm. A, a real person, just uh, you know, big pixels and or whatever it is that they do. So I think I, that you'll virtually eliminate crime in that world too. I agree very much, and I firmly, I firmly believe that a society based on the ideas of reciprocity and cooperation will be far more effective in enhancing freedom and prosperity than the competition over limited resources, including the competition over money.
Very good. Thanks for the yeah, thoughts I, tonight. I appreciate it. Sonny. I agree too. You know what's interesting about that but is competition is what's going to get us to the point that you create that machine that is going to change the world. Well, yeah. free. I, I, yeah, I think that there there is. I think the idea that we will evolve away from money and even the notion of property just because it will become trivial and and you can't place value on it when there's no scarcity. So. There's that, but I think there's also the notion of in the meantime, like part of the steps to that, money is actually crucial to that because you sure. have to look at when you money is incentive based. Money is a peace based method of getting people to do what you want or mm. to get cooperation out of people or whatever it is. If I want something from you, whether it's some a thing or a service or or whatever, I can either incentivize you and not just with a physical type of money, but I can incentivize you with abstract things like my friendship and doing nice things for you and you know, but it's incentive based instead of punishment based. It's like if you do what I want, I won't hurt you. That's that's the stick. Mm. Money is the carrot. So money is really a form of peaceful interaction. Right. A peaceful incentivizing. And I think even in a world where you've created this technology that can take away scarcity, that you will have um, you'll, you'll still have Cain rising up against Abel and striking him down for this kind of jealousy reason or, or whatever. I think that people will far less. Far less crime will exist, but you'll mm-hmm. still have those situations. And I, I, so I think that competition will still exist even a, in a world where there's not much to compete for because there'll be these ethereal things to compete for, you know? Yeah, who knows? Well, you're saying we're never going to be perfect, and I agree. Human, humans are still going to run races to see whether <laughs> yeah. I can beat that – I can beat the spinny guy, skinny guy across we're, the table. And by the way, we're gonna I get can a lot run better. faster than you. Um, <laughs> we're going to get a lot better, but we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, competition's, <laughs> competition's built into uh, the, 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 the hairless monkey that we are. <laughs> you don't think I can outrun you? Maybe you can. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll challenge you right out here on the street. I've got. Uh, I'll, I'll bet whatever's in my wallet. Uh, you've been running or something like that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just faster than you. I've got bigger muscles in my legs. Yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe they'll do it. Yeah. Uh, not very. But not as far as you can Ian run. might be more streamlined and he's lighter weight. Yeah, and... People give credit to the skinny guys and they just don't. What, credit, credit for right. what? For what? Hey, we are out of time here tonight, uh, but we'll be back tomorrow. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Of course, join us tomorrow night for our live Saturday edition, and don't forget our live Sunday internet only edition also coming up this weekend i don't know who's hosting it but somebody is luther maybe uh, it's not you uh, right dale not me i okay. swa- i would be but i think i switched see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com the following edition of the edgington post interview series is brought to you by the free talk live amp program become a free talk live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com that's amp.freetalklive.com and here's mark all right it's it's another edition of the edgington post and i have a returning guest with me it's michael Tig from tiger light michael you there i am here so uh, we've Mark. talked. I'm sorry. Sorry, we've talked on multiple occasions about the Tiger Light. I think it is the 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 greatest flashlight thing around. It's the best personal protection device that I, I've been able to find. It's great for my family. It's great for me. You can take it anywhere. And I, you know, these interviews are are have uh, been very successful in letting our listeners know about the Tiger Light and having some of them decide to change their lives by uh by getting a Tiger Light. And I just. I, I wanted to call and talk to you about it again. So um, w- what's going on new with Tiger Light? Why do people need one? Well, Mark, I, I really appreciate the opportunity because this, this is something that has to get out there because most people really don't have a viable means of, of self-protection. I mean, you know, you, you can go out and get a concealed carry permit, and, and that's great and uh, all for that. But uh, uh, 
the fact is, in most cases, uh, as assaults happen today, that gun's not going to come into play. That's just a simple fact. You can look at all the stats and all the studies that have been done. Uh, if that gun's sitting in your that, shoulder holster and you can't get to it because, you know, you don't have it in your hand, I mean, that's when when it is that you need to use these things um, and the Tiger Light's in your hand, and that's that's really yeah. what the difference is. Well, not not only that, but there it even goes beyond that. There are some really, really key uh, factors that play into why the Tiger Light is so highly endorsed by uh, by experts all over the country. I mean, we're talking military, law enforcement, self-defense. Anybody that sees it really uh, can't help but say this is the, the best personal protection device uh, on the planet because it is. It's shown that it has the best stop rate, has multiple subject capability. Uh, it's very easy to use. It's safe. Uh, in fact, Canada did, did a study to determine what was the safest use of force by police officers for both the police officer and the civilian and it was pepper spray. Well, pepper spray is great, except uh, pepper spray doesn't always stop people. Uh, the Tiger Light has a much higher stop rate than regular pepper spray because of the element of surprise, its effect on the respiratory system, the accelerated delivery, all those factors that, that play into why Tiger Light is so effective. But, you know, as you said, I mean, it was, there's a, a, a video on our website about a, a lady trained, uh, she was a probation officer, had a concealed carry permit, had her gun on her at the time, and was raped in the middle of a parking lot at 4.30 in the afternoon in, in downtown Salt Lake. And she, she couldn't get to her gun. You know, a guy was hiding under a vehicle and grabbed her by the foot. I mean, who would ever think that would happen? Sick and, weirdo. You know, just, uh, well, that's the problem. <laughs> The the problem is there's so many guys that are so whacked out and they're you know they're on drugs and they're they're just not in their right frame of mind and this is what makes them so dangerous because they don't think logically they don't think rationally so the person who thinks oh I can you know I can walk from here to there safely because no rational person would dare attack me here in the open or at this public bus stop or while I'm walking from my uh, uh, apartment, uh, you know, to a street 50 feet away through a little slightly wooded area in the middle of the daytime when there's people all over, you know, nobody thinks that I would get a, a, attacked and beaten nearly to death, but it just, you know, that just happened in the last couple of weeks or or twice in Cinemark movie theaters it, uh, during the middle of the day. Uh, girls were just at the movie and they went up to go to the bathroom and, and two different incidents in, uh, within two weeks in different states. Uh, somebody grabbed him, pulled him into a vacant theater uh, that wasn't showing a movie at the time, and raped him. God. I mean, these things are are just they're absurd, and because it, which is what makes them so dangerous, and it makes it so difficult to predict. Three ladies were raped in the same same mall parking lot by the same guy, different times, of course. They're all three doing the same thing. They're just putting their their bags in the back seat of the car. He came up behind him. Pushed him into the car and raped him right in the vehicle. Yeah, you know, and, and when you're talking so, about you know, when you're talking about women that you love, um, it can be difficult to talk them into carrying a firearm. I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys have had this issue. I've talked to my wife about it, and you know, she hasn't ever had anything terrible like that happen to her. Thank God. I hope it never does. Uh, but you know, those it's the women that bad things have happened to that you can t- usually talk into to firearms. It's the ones that it hasn't happened to that you can't. And 
Whereas she's much more comfortable carrying the Tiger Light. It comes with some practice canisters. So she's we've gone out. She's practiced with it. She understands how to use it. Um, And I feel better her going out in the the woods. We have a trail behind my house. Something weird could happen with some uh, sicko out there. No doubt he could be laying in wait. But. I'm just as scared of uh, you know bears and and things like that out there. And the the tiger light is you know it's an effective means of defense in those situations too. Well, absolutely. And we've had a guy a guy was attacked by a cougar. A young kid was attacked by a pit bull. In both cases, the tiger light you know worked against uh, against them. So you know it, it's a, a very effective device. But but you know you you brought up something that's really important because it it boils down to practicality. And your wife, like mine, you know, I have seven daughters in addition to the wife and a couple of sons, and, and none of them would walk around with a weapon in their hand. They wouldn't walk around with a gun in their hand or, or a stun gun in their hand or a can of pepper spray in their hand. They just wouldn't do it. And the fact is, if it's not in your hand when you're attacked, it's not going to do you any good. I mean, you, you might possibly be able to be able to get to it as you're rolling on the ground with, you know, with the attacker, but the chances are you won't. And not only that, uh, which, which right there, I mean, that alone should be reason enough to purchase a Tiger Light because people don't feel odd carrying it. When you're carrying a weapon, you're saying to everybody around you, I'm paranoid, I'm weird, I'm yeah, scared, sure. I don't trust you, you know, and people just don't want to do that. So by having a, you know, a Tiger Light just put in your hand, I mean, I, I have one, you know, Velcro to, to the dashboard of my car when I get out of the car. I have a Velcro on my belt. And I just stick it on the belt and walk in the grocery store. You know, I've, I use the same, uh, your advice the last time we talked about this, you talked about the Velcro situation. I put it on my Tiger Light, um, and she, you know, she has it uh, on the side of the vehicle, uh, the, the console of the vehicle. So it's right there. When she goes out, she's got a light with her. She, um, you know, she takes it. The light lasts for a week, and uh, then we switch out the rechargeable battery. If somebody gets a Tiger Light, Please don't get the regular. Just please don't uh, forget about the the batteries. The I think they're the most important part is to get those rechargeable batteries. Well, it it just makes it so much more usable. It's it's always working. You always have a battery that's working. Just don't put your non rechargeable battery in the rechargeable in the charger. Yeah, that it won't doesn't work, work. <laughs> and it can start a, a set your battery on fire. So we we had a we had a couple people uh, do that, and, and I just want to mention that right now because you sure. don't. It, of course, it says it all over the packaging. You know, do not do that. But sometimes people don't read. And that's good advice and for life so, in general. Don't put regular yeah, batteries in into battery chargers. Don't, yeah, especially lithium batteries. Don't put lithium non-rechargeable batteries in a charger. So, anyway, some side note there. But uh, uh, you know, it's it's just very very practical, very effective. And and the great thing is, you know, I, I was driving home and. My wife works uh, in a gift shop at, at a resort right by her house, and and she was walking back through a little wooded area by the golf course, and she was walking uh, down there, and I saw her as I drove by with the tiger light in her hand, finger on the, and I always advise that you put your finger under the safety cap and have it just resting on the on the side, so that if you get attacked very suddenly, you don't have to move that thumb because in high-stress situations, you lose your fine motor skills. So even that's important, and we point that out in the videos and because we want it to work when it's needed and be there. And, and the other thing is we haven't even mentioned is the, the hand strap, which, you know, experts that have studied this have – I had one guy uh, call and, and order 28 of them. He was working out in the gym in L.A., and, he, and he's an expert on self-defense. He trains Navy SEALs. 
Uh, I mean, this guy is at high speed. He's a federal witness in, in uh, stalking cases. And, and uh, you know, he said this is the best device for self-defense he's ever seen in all his years, uh, you know, in that uh, uh, in that business, in that line of work. And, and uh, like I said, he ordered 28 of them for his family and, and friends and, and coworkers and uh, at his company. And, and uh, he said that that hand strap is worth its weight in gold because they had done uh, attack dynamic studies and determined that, that 90% of the time, which is higher than expected, but 90% of the time when somebody's physically attacked, they drop their weapon. Their hand opens up, they go to grab, they do, you know, hmm. uh, go to hit back or, 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 or typically try to grab the, the other person and the weapon's on the ground. Now, not only is it not a benefit to you, but it, be, it can become a weapon to be used against you. And the Tiger Light, you know, first of all, all, it doesn't look like a weapon, as we discussed. Right. Second of all, it's got that padded, adjustable hand strap on there that makes it really nice for carry. But more importantly, uh, if you get attacked and knocked on the ground, you're rolling around with, with some guy who's, uh, you know, attacking you, you're, uh, uh, you've got a very, very good chance that's going to remain in your hand and be able to be used to, to defend yourself. So, uh, and, and you know, you know we... I'm sure we've got a lot of people that listen to the show, you know, the the gun guys that that want to compare it sort of to to a handgun and and what the advantages are and I and disadvantages. I'm you know, I mean, obviously a gun takes care of an attacker permanently. But I think that to some extent, um, a the the Tiger Light has the stopping power of a handgun. And I want you to address that in just a second. But I think that the other thing about guns is they're they're a heck of a lot more permanent you know if you make a mistake say you spray somebody for whatever reason wasn't actually trying to attack you you know rather than uh, with the tiger light you've got a situation where you have to kind of you know calm them down make them feel better about the situation and likely they won't sue you however with a handgun you're either going to have to pay their hospital bills or funeral bills you've got a huge situation to take care of assuming you would have gotten it out in that situation anyway so i think that the, the tiger light i like the fact that you know it's a little less permanent you know it doesn't it doesn't cause well, harm in the same way yeah absolutely you know and uh uh i i sprayed my own daughter once so <laughs> i you know i i would hate that uh for that to have been a gun so yeah. uh, you know it, it was uh an accident and and stupid thing on my part, and she was, you know, cried for a half hour, but, uh, uh, you know, now she thinks it's cool that she got sprayed. But anyway, <laughs> uh, she uh, uh, she works here at the office, and, and I grabbed the wrong wrong one. So, well, you know, you know that, I, that, I, that, I've that, sprayed that, myself with, with mine, too. I'd like to point out as I was, I was showing it off to my mom who was visiting, and I'm like, hey, look at this thing. Isn't it awesome? And then shot myself right in the eye with it. So, um <laughs> You know, I know what well, it's like that, to get. That, now that's pretty unique, Mark. Yeah. I have to say, for that you shot yourself in the eye because that's that's hard to do. You must be very flexible to be able to twist that around like that and do that. But, I I was showing uh, her the features of the flashlight, so I was pointing it upward, and um, you know, it happened to be aimed a little bit towards my face. I I probably actually shot myself in the top of the head, but you know, there was enough of an yeah. angle on it that I it managed to go in my eye. And I can tell you, there's no perp in the world that's going to be able to go, walk through that stuff. You cannot open your eyes for 15 minutes afterwards. Uh, you know, yeah. no, your it, family it, member it's is very safe. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and you talk about stop rates, and as we know, you know, I mean, we, we've all seen the stories of uh, gun battles with police officers where they, you know, they fired 150 shots at somebody. Uh, you know, having a gun in your hand doesn't mean it's going to work either, because people miss more than they hit. 
Handguns yeah. really are supposed to, handguns are supposed to be pretty much useless. This is what I've heard, right? Like I don't know that much about it, but after ten yards, um, you know, it's it, 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 they they get far less useful. And you know, ten yards is when the tiger light starts getting effective. I'd say you know three yards is where I'd um, three yards and in would be where I would want to use it really. But well, like I said, you don't. I mean, the the, the problem is it's it just like with police officers. They're trained, right? They're trained, and and their focus is on their self-preservation because they know they're in dangerous dangerous situations. Yet, uh, an average of 156 times every day, an officer is physically assaulted. So, with all their training, and all their equipment, and all focus, they still get attacked. And uh, we're not talking about attempted assaults; we're talking about assaults. It's 57,000 to 60,000 a year, and uh, assaults on officers, and so, and the reason for this is because most assaults initiate from conversational distance, yeah, not from twenty or thirty feet. They don't announce they're going to assault you. It, it, it's up close. It's very, very quick, and that's why if you don't have something in your hand ready and, and finger on the trigger, uh, it's not going to serve you. And yeah. and that's why the tiger light is so effective. And then you talk about stop rates. Well. You know, I don't know what the stop rate for a gun is. I, I, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, you know, I, I know it's not uh, 100% because they don't always hit. You know, they miss or whatever. Sure. I, I mean, you're going to uh, obviously hit somebody much more easily with a, a pepper spray that's, you know, spreading out and fanning out. Than you, I mean, you can hit, you know, five guys in a, in a half a second with a, with a tiger light. Uh, and, and, and I don't want to get into comparison with guns, really. Uh, other than to, to say that the Tiger Light, you know, has a documented 96% stop rate uh, in a study at LA County Sheriff's Department. Right. And if, that was uh, if I'm up that close, was an average of 2.6 2.6 individuals uh, per incident. So you've got that incredible stop rate, way higher than any study ever been done on that's ever ever been done on on normal, you know, pepper spray. And higher than any other non-lethal device. Right. So, so if I'm up close, I want to have my uh, my tiger light. If I'm in a gunfight, I suppose I would want to have a gun. But I don't know what is going to get me into a gunfight. I'm not worried about getting into gunfights. I'm worried about weirdos and 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 wild animals. I guess is what my biggest concern is. Um, so I mean, right. that's why the tiger light's good for me. Now I'd like to compare the tiger light to other pepper spray because the tiger light retails at two hundred bucks. And the you know you can get yourself a nice can of pepper spray for probably twenty five, so um, I guess well, what what is the comparison? Yeah, you're, Why? You're, yeah, what's the comparison? You're a little high on both of those. Uh, okay, uh, the the T one the T one hundred is you know for the infomercial package. Uh, it's a special. It's a hundred seventy five dollar package for for ninety nine ninety six. Or in the case of you know adding the charger, it's a two hundred fifteen dollar package for one hundred nineteen. Ninety-five, but yes, that's uh, what. And a can of pepper spray, you can get cans of pepper spray for fifteen bucks. Okay, yeah. So, so, so let's just compare the hundred dollars for Tiger Light to the fifteen dollars for the for the pepper spray. And you just have to ask yourself, why are you buying it? Okay, you're buying that for one purpose only to protect someone in the event of an attack. So, if an attack's going to happen, that means that probably if it's if it's your wife or your you know one of your daughters or uh, or, or it could you. even be, you know, your your son or yourself. Uh, you get attacked. There's there's a chance that you're going to get uh, either beat up real bad or killed. And so you're you're depending on a device to protect you in, in that situation. So the question becomes: 
you want a device that, one, is not likely to even be in your hand and even play into the situation in the case of a regular can of pepper spray or, or a gun or something else. And two, uh, you want to uh, have something that has a 50 to 75% chance of, of stopping the attacker or a 95, 96-plus percent chance. I mean, to me, it's not even a – it's just a complete no-brainer. Why would you ever – you know, I'm, I'm going to save $85 and give my wife a 50 to 70 percent chance of surviving as opposed to a 96 percent? Right. I think I mean, – Give me a break. It, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's not even – that shouldn't even enter injury. I mean, the fact that you can get something for only, uh, you know, 100 bucks that can do what it does. And, and that's what these guys, you see the guys on the infomercial talking about this, you know, top experts and military guys that, that, that you know, spend their life uh, doing this uh, kind of stuff and, and, and working with these, you know, all the devices that are out there and devices that aren't even, even out there, devices that are being tested and, and are coming out and, and emphatically stating this is the best non-lethal weapon in the world. This is what I want my wife to and my family members to have, period. Right. And none of them are being paid. None of them are being paid to say that. They're saying it because they believe it. They know that it's a, that it's a lifesaver. You know. And, and they know that it's the best. And they're not going to have to apologize for for stating that later. I mean, it's the first time uh, th- that I or anybody else I've talked to knows of ever that active duty police and military been on camera on TV endorsing a product. <laughs> it's it's high praise, you know. Um, so one of those it was either the infomercial or the video that we got with it because we um, this is an awesome product and we we paid attention to all the the uh, information we got on it. But in there it says that the tiger light because it's this you know this bright flashlight that when you're shining you, you know you're shining it at the person and then just as you go to use it you pull it away and the per- and the person sort of naturally looks towards you because the light's been pulled away. <laughs> And that's when you're coming down with the, you know, you're 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 aiming with the with the uh, tiger light, uh, the 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 pepper spray portion, and you you just get them. You like it's the it's the normal yeah. human reaction, and I feel that that's part of the reason why it's just that much more effective than pepper spray. Even if you happen to have pepper spray in your hand, and I don't know how that that's going to happen, right? Yeah, well, you're you're stating it just right. You you've learned some some good stuff, Mark, because. <laughs> That's, I mean, we, we took the Tiger Light, uh, and, and it's just one of hundreds of examples to a, a, a department in uh, New Jersey, and, and they had a fi- below a 50% stop rate with their professional-grade belt-carried pepper spray, uh, and, and that's because of a real high use of PCP in the area. And in three years with the Tiger Light, they had zero failures to stop, zero. In fact, after a year and a half, they called me back, thought we were putting something Ill- illegal in, in the <laughs> Tiger Light that was some superpowered stuff that, that they would get in trouble if ever, anybody ever found out they were using. And, and we weren't. I mean, we don't even make our own pepper spray. We just use the best sprays out there, the ones that are proven to be the best on both the military and the police side. And then we accelerate the sprays more than double their, their normal uh, uh, delivery speed and, uh, uh, and volume. And so, you know, it's getting to the target much faster. But you pointed out the real reason. When, when you deploy the Tiger Light, it is like throwing a punch, so it's it's natural. You don't have to recondition your mind. It just you snap it out there. The, the light comes down. It forces you to take the light out of their eyes, which you don't want the light in their eyes when you're trying to spray them because they're going to be looking away, shielding their face, closing their eyes, squinting, whatever. You want them looking at you, and they instinctively, when that light comes off, and when you go to spray them, that light will be forced off them. They will instinctively look right back at you. Their eyes are open. They're trying to get focus on you because they they're probably blinded by the light. 
and so they, they'll actually look forward to actually lean into you. We, we saw this in a, in a uh, test we did at Camp Williams uh, with, a, with a bunch of security forces, 32 security forces guys in a dark room. We, we filmed it with an infrared video camera, and every guy you know, turned away when the light hit him and turned right back as soon as that light came off him. Just as the spray hit their face, they were looking right at the person, their eyes open, their mouths open. And the most important thing, and again, we, we can't overemphasize this because this is the real reason. Uh, the other, all the other things are factors, but this is the biggest factor in why it has such an incredible stop rate. And it's because of the effect on the respiratory system because they're not holding their breath. And when they see, if they see a can of pepper spray come out, they're going to be holding their breath instinctively. Right. They won't think about it. Oh, it's coming at me. I mean, if you know you're getting sprayed in the face with water, uh, spray, anything, you will instinctively hold your breath because you don't want that going in your nose and your mouth. It's just, it's just our human instinct. The so tiger light that reduces. It, it catches them by surprise. Michael, we have to. I have to wrap this up as quick as possible. Now, if people want to get a tiger light, they can get it at tiger.freetalklive.com. Um, and you've got a special rate there, as you said, the uh, the infomercial yeah. rate. It's uh, ninety nine bucks plus. Uh, I think it's fifteen dollars for the charger or something like that. Nineteen nineteen ninety five, which is half price. They're getting a charger for free. We're only charging for the two rechargeable batteries. I'll tell so you what, a it's a great deal. deal. It's it's changed my life with my family, um, and I recommend that they get it at tiger.freetalklive.com. Michael, thank you very much. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. 